Hi, this is Katie Gold, and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. podcast going over the entire history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We have recapped all the episodes. We have gone through every minute of Australian Survivor Season 1, and it is time to get into the meaty interviews of this season, particularly today, because you think that our co-host on this show, Mr Matt Dyson, was excited over a certain fellow bald contestant earlier in this season. Well, you've heard nothing yet, because this little black duck that's talking right now is going to burst with excitement at the seams of who we have on the show today. My name is Ben Waterworth, and I'm going to hand over to my esteemed co-host right now. I've already said your name, Matt, but say your name again because I don't know who the hell you are. Hey, guys. Great to be here. As usual, as you know, my name's Matt Dyson. And, Ben, we have a special treat today. This, I mean, all our, all the people we get on, all the past contestants, it's it's a pleasure to interview them. But this, this person isn't just a contestant. This is one of the absolute Hall of Famers of Australian Survivor. I say a future immortal of the game. And, Ben, I normally would introduce the person, but I'm not going to do that today because I think it's only fair that the number one fan of this person in the world gets to introduce them, and that's, of course, you, Ben. Well, in any aspect of life, there are legends. In any aspect of life, there are these people that you remember if you're thinking about basketball, you remember Michael Jordan. If you're thinking about ice hockey, you're thinking of Wayne Gretzky. If you're thinking about rugby, you're thinking of Matty Johns. If you're thinking about sprinting, it's the same bolt. You, you name it, you're thinking about these people. And when you think of Australian Survivor, this person's name is in that conversation of the greats. I say the greatest female player in the history of Australian Survivor. You know her as that person that I just said because it's true. The one, the only, the esteemed Miss Katie Gold. Katie, welcome to Australian Survivor Archives. Thank you so much. And I'm very humbled by that introduction. I don't think my mother would give such a warm introduction. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm truly very humbled and really, really great to talk to you guys tonight. Well, Katie, we, we absolutely mean every word we said now. Now Ben is certainly the number one fan, so he gets he gets that credit. But I'm a big fan of yours too, Katie. I think it's true. You know, when when you think of your season, you're the first name that comes up. You know, Katie Gold. Everyone remembers who you were. You're such a big character, and uh, yeah, to be able to talk to you all these years later and and find out about your time <laughs> on Whaler's Way, it's 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 just so it's exciting to be here. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I had a look at, the, at at some of your questions and I really can't wait to talk about this stuff. It's It's been a long time, but it's still very vivid. 
Well, the thing that I'm most excited about this chat, Katie, is that uh, you and I have spoken several times before over on our uh, sister show, The Oz Network. I've had the pleasure of uh, sharing your company recently in Melbourne. But this is, I think, the first time that I've been able to really sit down with you and talk at length about your season because, yeah, we've talked about it a little bit on a couple of the other episodes that we've done, but I don't think we've really delved into the depths that we're going to today. And I'm I'm very intrigued for your answers with some of these questions. You said you, you've seen these questions, so this is all going to flood back for you because you've, you've not watched your season since it aired, has you? So this is all going to be kind of bringing back some things that maybe I don't know if you've wanted to talk about over the last eight or 19 years well yeah I probably um didn't intend to but um I I haven't been able to I've watched I watched it when it aired and that was heaps I haven't been able to go back and look at it again because I've found it excruciating the things I said the things other people said the things I did the mistakes I made and I I haven't been able to turn it on again so uh yeah it's interesting you say that, Katie, because, you know, I obviously know a lot of Survivor players and uh, you're right, everyone has a different reaction after they play, especially if they get edited to be that villain character. But um, it's, it's it's interesting to hear that, you know, you haven't watched it since since that first, well, it was first aired. But, uh, you know, I hope by doing this interview today, it actually brings back good memories. We certainly don't want to bring back bad memories. I'm sure some <laughs> might come flooding back, but... But, you know, it is a credit to you. I mean, you got to be the original, you know, on the original season of Australian Survivor. That's something yeah. that you should be very proud of. And to last 37 days, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, I am really proud of it, actually. I, I mean, I feel like I failed because I didn't win and and that annoys me, but Rob was better. Um, and so I, I have comfort in that. I don't think a worse player beat me in the end. Um, and, and that's what I really enjoyed about the current survivor where, uh, David won. I felt he, it was nice to see the best player win. So, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, if anything, it's more of the, the garbage that came out of my mouth that disturbs me. And, um, I just, yeah, I find it very hard to. listen to well let's take you back to the very beginning when you first decided to apply for australian survivor what was it that drew you into putting in that audition tape yeah so i was racing triathlon full-time professionally at that time i was living on the gold coast i had a bad back injury um due to um uh a, a fall off the bike and um and a an unstable spine as it was and so I was in the throes of rehab um I felt like an abject failure I knew my career was um on hanging in the balance and I heard someone at our swim squad uh this is at Southport he he, um he was uh trying out for a survivor he was like a swim coach or something and he was doing a dive off the um off the off the diving boards as part of his application and I thought, oh, that's cool. Why don't I give that a go? Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to be back for six to 12 months, if at all. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'd never so watched Survivor. So that's incredible. So you're saying that you hadn't even watched Survivor before and you applied because you just happened to see someone yeah. else doing their application. Yeah, t- total chance. And I hate to say that because I'm quite deliberate about everything I do. And I must say I deliberately didn't watch Survivor because, like, there, there are different types of 
of athletes. There are ones who are very casual and then there are ones who have a balanced approach to their sport and to life. And then there are the obsessive and fanatical ones. And I was in that category. And so there was no drinking. There was very little TV. There was It was just focus, focus, focus. Uh, so, yeah, I... I yeah, and that I think the naivety in going into this show, I should have watched more episodes. I think I only watched two. Wow. <laughs> that was a big mistake. What a, what a dumb kid, right? <laughs> well, this is, this is what really is fascinating about you, Katie, and I think I said this to you when we did that little video when we met up in Melbourne, is that when I very first spoke to you, I think it was about three years ago, I got you on the Oz Network and we did a recap of that season of Australian Survivor. At that point, you said you yeah. hadn't watched it basically since your season. Yet within moments of you watching this show, you'd I think maybe watched two or three episodes, you were so quick into analysing it and you, you sounded like an expert, You just the way you can pick up on this game. Yeah. So the fact that you have gone into this You've only watched two or three episodes of US Survivor and you've played the game that you have. I mean, to me, that just shows that you've got that type of personality that can connect and, you know, join the dots and everything in a game like Survivor. And I think that's a special type of person that can really adapt to this game. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I am very analytical and I can pick up an environment very quickly and read it um, fairly well. Increasingly read it better as I get older. And when I when I was 24 doing the show, I was very well aware that I wasn't seeing everything I needed to see. And I think, uh, you know, some of the other younger players are a bit a little cavalier and they don't seem to understand what um, they're not seeing. Um, and But I, I was very well aware of those deficits and I just I knew that Shona and Rob, I could just sense that they were dealing in stuff that I, that I wasn't picking up. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that age aspect of it because – for someone who's 24, I, I, it doesn't even really come up to the final episode, your age. And I think it, you know, we, we talked a lot about with Jane a few weeks ago about her age being a factor. But I think throughout this yeah. entire season, you kind of, you forget that you're so young, that you, you're so level-headed and mature, I think. And it's only that, yeah, that last episode where it even becomes a factor. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. fascinating to even think that you were that young when you played this game. You still look 24, Katie. I'm just going to continue to sucking up right now because you really do look fantastic <laughs> 18 years later. Oh, man. Are you kidding? Wow. I honestly. Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know what to say. I, I look at myself and I go, Jesus, I need, I need like um, a facial, some sort of... Uh, microderma brain <laughs> sort of <laughs> facial resurfacing. <laughs> Katie, you meant you mentioned that you found out about the show because you saw someone at the at, at the pool diving off the board yeah. doing their audition tape. So I'd yeah. love to hear about your audition tape and what you did. Yeah. Um uh, I think it was okay. I, I was a natural marketer. I'm 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 mark in marketing consultant now in, in real life. I'm just very good communicator, reasonably creative. And what I what I thought because um, what was it? Um, with you wear the red swimsuit, um, uh, Baywatch. Life, life Baywatch, but yeah, Baywatch was still in it. It was on TV, but it was it was it um it was in the recent past, I suppose. And so I kind of ran up the beach, and I had a red swimsuit, like a Baywatch swimsuit, and I came out of the water. <laughs> and my I must I mean I don't I don't want to sound um. To overstate this, but my body was in good shape um, at, at the time. I was a full time athlete, right? So <laughs> there's nothing like yeah. So I ran out of the beach and I had nice blonde hair and I 
I think I said, yeah, um, hi, I'm Katie Gold and I'm worth gold. I'm worth a million dollars. I'm going to win this because, um, yeah, so I just thought I just did a um, healthy, fresh kind of, uh, and I and I was really aware of not, see, this is what, what's, what in, in marketing is so important is you cannot assimilate. You have to stand out. And I knew that every other punter putting their application would have put a I'm a survivor music in the background and 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 I learned later that as soon as they heard that uh, at Channel 9, they threw the tapes out um, because it was just so generic. Yeah, so I tried to keep it fresh and different and interesting. I And I, I think I've got the tapes somewhere, but, uh, uh, you know, one day, maybe when I'm old, I'll have a look at all these things. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it must have been an interesting period then when you put the tape in and you and you apply. Did, did you give it any second thought until you got sort of word back that you were you were making it through to the next stage? Uh, I had a, a really unusual feeling when I put it in the post box and, and this is, you know, we're talking, that's how long ago it was. I put it, the tape in the post box <laughs> and, um, and I thought, you know what, I think this is going to, change everything and um and then when I got the call to say oh you've made the final 250 I thought you know what I'm gonna get this um because I I you know and I knew and I thought about it very carefully what I did throughout the entire application process um everything that I did and said was totally deliberate so including doing because we were stuck in our hotel rooms for seven days I had a whole fitness regime worked out right you know it was, um, and yeah, I was very methodical in, in, in that. I wasn't just rocking up hoping for the best. Did your friend who put in the uh, tape, the, the diver, did, did he ever get a call back or anything? Not to my knowledge. Oh, <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah. Who knew that you were applying for it? Because I know obviously someone had to be behind the camera filming you, but, you know, yeah. it was it was very secretive at that stage. So I'm assuming not too many people would have even known that you were applying for the show. No, they didn't, yeah. And it was one of my trainers at the time. Uh, he all, all looked after my body, was helping me with the rehab. And, uh, yeah, so he, he did that. I told my parents. I told my boyfriend. I didn't tell too many people. Um because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I don't, I don't know, not many people knew, yeah. You said that throughout the interview stage, you everything you said was very deliberate. Like, obviously, we know from casting that they're casting characters. Did you go in there like, what character were you trying to sell to them? Uh, I I was just being myself, but I and I did, wouldn't censor myself, unfortunately, at that age. I learned uh very quickly after Survivor, um, when I was having real jobs after being an athlete my whole life, that one in in society has to be careful what you do and say because you've got to catch things carefully and you can't, you know, um, tell people the truth necessarily because they don't like it. It's too challenging for them. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I was uncensored and natural as, as I always was at that age and, um, I think because I had such a killer instinct and such a, a, a very high, almost abnormal, abnormally competitive drive, I think that that shone through as, as well as a little bit of, um, uh, uh, I don't know, 
I, I was, I don't know, I was a bright and energetic, wide-eyed young lady. So, do you do you yeah. remember then getting that phone call, the the confirmation phone call where you were that hey, you're going to be on Australian Survivor? Yeah, I do. I was walking uh, down um, towards Collins Street in Melbourne, and I I got the call. I started shaking. They were telling me that I was in, and um, when I hung up the phone. I ran down Collins Street as fast as I could because <laughs> I, I, I just I just ran. Wow. Where <laughs> did you ran. run to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nowhere. Just having a run. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I just started running. <laughs> We're talking about running, Katie. I mean, we, we hear all the stories from other contestants about once they heard that they were in, all the training they did to, you know, to be as fit as they could to be on the show, but you're already a professional athlete. You're already mm. at your peak. So was there anything yeah. that you did prior, like once you found out that you were on the show, was there anything that you did or researched before you actually went out to Whaler's Way? Yeah, well, I wasn't at my peak. I was recovering from injury, so I still had to do this injury program. And um, But I, what I did was I lifted my um, visualisation and, and mental rehearsal and, and mental focus skills. Uh, so if I was on the treadmill, if I was out cycling, I would be visualising what I was doing potentially doing on Survivor and winning challenges and, and just keeping a very neutral facial expression, which is really important in sport. You can't show people if you're in pain or if you're not in pain. You just keep a neutral. And and I kind of got into that race face, or, um, race face zone. Yeah. Um, and otherwise I, I had to look, I had to practice some survival stuff. I had very few survival skills um, and I wasn't smart enough to, uh, you know how these days they seem to practice throwing little balls into, um, you know, these kind of uh, unusual skills. Um, I didn't think to do that, but I, I because I, I raced triathlon professionally, but prior to that, um, I was a um, national netball player and and a very very decent basketball player. So I had the natural um, coordination, which I think really helped in a lot of the challenges. Given that you hadn't hadn't watched it, you said you'd only watched a couple of episodes too, did you go in then thinking that this was more about the physical ability? Did you kind of give any thought to the the social and the, the strategic, which was obviously very loose at that point in Survivor history, but did yeah. you give any thought much to that going in with any plans? Very little thought. Uh, and this is where that, that's one very good. I felt, felt I should have been a, a more of a student of the game and an observer of because there were only two Survivor Series before that, two American ones, and I should have watched them from start to finish ten times each. Um, but I went in without that knowledge, and I just went in with um, uh, a, a very basic understanding of, of how important the social and, and interpersonal game was. What just fascinates me in hearing you say that is that I can't imagine how good you would have been at this game had you went in there with that knowledge because this goes back to my point about how you just picked up on this so quickly because I don't think if anybody didn't hear you just say that, I don't think anyone's going to believe that you hadn't known this game going into it. And, again, there's only two seasons at that point. But, yeah, you'd watched two episodes basically. That's crazy to think that. I know, and I'm ashamed to say so. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think that's a good thing. That just that just proves our point even more. Jeez. We should have really warned you, Katie, that you're probably going to get a really big head after this episode. So, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. It won't hurt. <laughs> at 24, Katie, it's, it's a big thing to be told that you're going to be on, you know, what at the time was going to be, 
you know, the biggest Channel Nine Show production, of yeah, of yeah. all time. Absolutely, yeah. you're 24. You're you're one of the the first ever 16 people. You're probably thinking that you're going to go to some exotic location. I don't know whether that that stage you'd been overseas or not, but you're probably prepared to. Oh, great! I get to do a bit of travel as well, and and then you end up at Whalers Way yeah. down in South Australia. What what was that when you found out that you weren't actually going overseas? How did how, how did you feel about the location? Uh. Yeah, I think most people, we, we, we weren't um, overly critical, but it was disappointing. Yeah, it was like, oh, really? And we didn't really know where we were because we were blindfolded uh, for much of it, which was difficult for me because I get terrible motion sickness. Oh. But um, uh, I expected to, to be somewhere warmer and more beautiful. So. But, yeah, you know, that, that quickly quickly lost interest in where we were. Did you remember sizing up any of your fellow tribe mates in those moments that you weren't blindfolded on the on the bus or any other opportunities that you got to see anybody and initial thoughts of seeing them when you saw them? Yeah, definitely. And that's what one does um, when uh, racing or competing. You look at the opposition, you look at their muscle tone, their size, their look in their eyes, how focused they are. So I looked at everyone very carefully and I – I didn't see um, any major threats. I think I would have identified Craig and Rob as like, okay, these guys look like they're well built and and they've got that glint in their eye. Um, so yeah, I think those guys stood out to me. And is that then what drew you to Rob initially? I mean, how did that even? How did that relationship? Form was that day one? You're on Tapara. You come together. You have a conversation. I mean, how does that happen? Uh, yeah, I just I saw his physical ability, and I saw that he was an a good man and a nice person. And um, my my strategy at the time was to go into merge um, with the upper hand, and then to sort things out after. I mean, that's not a unique strategy, but it, that that was what I thought. You know, what if we between him and me and a couple of the others, if we can win these challenges, we'll pick them off and then we'll sort out what's going to happen after that. Um, yeah, and also I think I just gravitated much like, um, you know, the bloody uh, sports um, heroes of, of the recent survivors is you just identify more closely with um, it's birds of a feather flock together. I think there's an element of that too. Yeah, like, love- you know, I wasn't going to approach Jane and say, look, let's make an alliance. With her. <laughs> 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 I just respected Jane, but there wasn't anything much that we shared or had in common. Poor Jane. Well, it's funny you say- it- it's funny you say that because I guess you're you're 24, <laughs> she was 18. Yeah. She was 18, you're 24. So there's not, you know, you're both young females playing the game. But, you know, you end up being in this group or this alliance with with Shona, who who was 49 at the time, and obviously Rob, who was 37, and you seem to get along very well with them, um, where you would, you probably would have thought maybe you would have been with, the, you know, the, the younger. Yeah, was, yeah. Was that, is that just your personality? Like, cause you, I mean, you did have a lot, a different personality to Jane. You're at 24, like, we, we often forget you were 24 when you played that game because you were straight into it, you know, you, you were leading the charge with, with how, how you know, with how the alliance was going to be, um, the inspirational speeches, you would say, going into challenges, things like that. Like, here you are, 24, but you were you were really one of the leaders of that tribe. And yeah. 
what about your relationship with Shona? That's something that we we often hear throughout the season. Shona really talks you up and says that she basically reminds you remind her of her yeah, when of she her. was 25. But we didn't really get to see a lot of you and Shona actually bonding. So I'd love to hear about that side of things as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, first thing is I've always, um, and I've I struggled at school identifying with my peers because uh, um, I found them immature and uh, they they were interested in things that I had zero interest in, like new kids on the block and stuff. Um, <laughs> and and I, was always, I was always in love with um, men 20 years older than myself, even as a 12-year-old. So, and it, 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 I've gravitated to it. And one of my best friends in Melbourne um, until she passed away was 94. Uh, so wow. I really value wisdom and age and experience ahead of um, the laughs and giggles of youth. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've always been a little different like that. And that's, that's been difficult for me socially. You would have um, hated. You would have hated Kadena then. Yeah, <laughs> I would have hated it. Oh, God. see why you didn't like Craig so much. <laughs> no, I, I liked. I, I respected Craig, but he was starting to ruin my plan by getting yeah. into. Yeah, and this is where I'm like, okay, you got to go because you're gonna, you're gonna um dislodge Shona or do something uh, that that potentially put me in danger. Um, so but I, maybe I, I, took, I was a bit venomous towards him. That was the only reason because I thought he was dangerous. Um, yeah, and the other thing you said, Matt, was uh, showing you my relationship. Yeah, so um, I, I really respect Shana, um, her mind and her uh, fortitude and her stamina. It was unbelievable. Um, uh Probably a little bit abrasive for me, uh, but she did come to, well, came to me to say, you know what, you remind me of me. And but, but you know, I was twenty four. I'm like, okay, thank you. But but I was, uh, I was, I was like, I yeah, I I felt a little bit uncomfortable about that. So, uh, but I I played along with it. Yeah. Do you think she respected you because she, because you were a leader as well at such a young age? Yeah, because you know what, she's a highly intelligent, accomplished woman, and um, there was, you know, uh, a, a um, someone, of, of, you know, at least who had potential to to do that and to be that. And um, uh, um, unfortunately, I haven't reached the dizzy heights that um, I would have hoped to have reached yet. But uh, yeah, I think she she saw a young kid that that reminded her and that, and that was a nice feeling for her. But for me, it was a little bit unusual. So was it then kind of just a natural connection that drew all three of you, I guess, into kind of this, this alliance? Because, I mean, you've kind of got that connection with Rob, you're drawn to him, then Shona's kind of drawn to you. You ultimately kind of end up in this three that Sophie then joins to kind of make a four. So, I mean, is it just yeah. kind of like almost like a natural selection that you three, you, Shona and Rob, kind of end up together in those early parts? Yeah, I I, I don't know what they would say, um, but I think that for, for me I identified the um, intelligence and the inner strength of, of Rob and Shona in particular, and I wanted to be with strong people. That's, I suppose, all I knew. I wasn't... 
aware of um, taking along pawns or taking on people that can be manipulated easily. <laughs> so I just wanted to have the strongest uh, team. Well, it's interesting you say that because I always got the feeling you wanted Jane gone from the start. I know, and I'm ashamed of that um, too. There's, there's all this shame. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I saw myself a little bit in um, uh, the AFL player. Um, from the who wanted um, what's her face oh, off recently? Moana. No, no, the other AFL player, Abby. Abby, who uh, wanted um, a, a weaker player off, and she kept yeah. trying to vote. Oh, yeah, she was yeah, weak. Yeah, she yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wanted Shawnee off, didn't she? Yeah, Shawnee. Yeah, Shawnee. Yeah, yeah, Shawnee's yeah. got to go. She's not smart enough. She's not strong enough. She's my thing. She's the weakest link. Um, but she didn't see the benefits of Shawnee. But that was the same with Jane. But the thing was with um, Jane, she she was at a, a tough she, – she had many deficits when you think about the game and what's required. It, it was age. It was strength. It was, you know, um, she wasn't calculating whatsoever, I don't think. So, yeah, and for that it's like I, I wasn't interested in – I wanted to win every single challenge. That was my goal, my personal goal, doing every single challenge before merge. Well, you, you did say she was sitting there looking pretty. That was a, a funny line yeah. that uh, I always well, laughed when you said. But uh, what, what, what about um, yeah. the ver- what about the very first tribal council, or the only tribal council Tapara had to go to um, yeah. before merge, where Jeff went home, but you actually um, voted for Jane. <laughs> Uh, were you surprised that Jeff, like, did you know Jeff was going to be going home that night or was that a complete surprise? No, I, I knew and because of the snoring, right, um, <laughs> and it was dreadful. <laughs> Even at 100 yards it was dreadful. Um, but, y- yeah, I uh, I thought he ha- we could benefit from his strength. He, he had more strength than, um, than Jane and, and he had been, being uh, – Ultra competitive. I did not want to weaken the team, so. So you you mentioned you you, well, you kind of knew. I mean, Rob ultimately and Joel sided uh, voting Jeff out. Was, was there conversations before or after with Rob about that? I mean, you sort of in an alliance. Was there talk about voting together in that alliance? And were you then questioning Rob? Hey, I thought we were going to vote for Jane, or did you kind of knew he was going to vote for Jeff anyway? Yeah, I think I kind of knew, and I just couldn't convince people to do otherwise. Right. So, yeah, I, it wasn't a surprise. It was just like, oh, fair enough. Um, and, uh, yeah. With the one of the great things that we love about you early on particularly is is the whole list. You, you basically come up with this list. This is how it's going to play out. This is who's going home. We're going to get to the merge. We're doing this. We're doing that. And you obviously just mentioned that. Your plan was to go into the merge winning everything. You pretty yeah. much did that except for that one yeah. challenge. If Jane knew how to drive a car better, you would have been undefeated. How that list idea, was that something that came to you while you were there? I mean, how does that all come yeah. about? No, I think it was rather, I mean, I'm, you, I might have to watch it again, but I, I thought it was more like a tree diagram of who was there and then what would happen, then, then the next branches and the next branches. Yeah, that's why I came up with that then. I just thought, you know, who can we pick off? Who will be thing, who'll be the targets and who will be the um, people we need for votes? And, yeah, just create, created 
that and I, I was very single-minded on not dropping a challenge before merge. And this is where the um bloody pep talks came in before the <laughs> Which which I'll get to one of them in a minute because oh. they, they were brilliant. But I mean this just goes back to my point about that intuition that you kind of pick this up so quickly. And again, baffles me that you can say you didn't watch this show beforehand because you you are laying this all out in the line. You are going strategically, this is what's going to happen. Boom, 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 boom. We're going to get to this point. Boom, 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 boom. Then we basically get to the final four and then we'll work out what happens then. Let's be honest, Katie, yeah. everything that you said essentially happened right up until the Joel deal, yeah. basically, from yeah. that point. So, I mean, it's just yeah. it's incredible to think that you kind of pinpointed that. And clearly working with Rob, too, is obviously helping that situation because you two just work so well with each other with that. I mean, did it surprise you that it worked so effectively out there? Uh no, it didn't. It surprised me. It could have backfired at any point, like the game can. But, um, but yeah, I think it was more that we protected ourselves with the um, by by winning, and uh, that the challenges, so that we could pick people off after merge. But I suppose, and I look at them now, it was different. It was a different game, right? So there was a little bit more honour amongst thieves uh, there, and uh, you did, I think, tend to stick. And I couldn't, I couldn't have done what other players do and and have twenty seven different alliances throughout the course of the thing. It would have been, <laughs> I think, I, my mind wouldn't have had that capability back then. It's such a shame that you had that, and I, I understand why you did burn that piece of paper, but. If you still had that piece of paper where you oh, had everything yeah. listed, ah, oh, when I saw when obviously they show you burning it, I'm like, ah, it's such a shame that you you had to. <laughs> it would have been something to all these years later to be able to look back on and see actually what you wrote. Yeah, no, well, I that would have been interesting. I might might be able to get a screenshot, but uh, yeah, well, it was pretty good, um, for I suppose, and and just I suppose, and because at the time it was such such a machine, I've been a trained machine. I'd been in an institute of sports since I was 14 years old. Wow. So, you know, 25, 10 years in your formative years, you don't do anything by accident. You plan it. Some of the great early lines here, Katie, the pep talk uh, that you're talking early on uh, in reference to Matt's favourite player, David, that guy who is sick, get him gone. We're going to stomp all over them, get them demoralised and shattered. Uh, and then, I mean, yeah. you, that's one of the many that you have. But then also there was a great confessional that you had very early on where you talk about that you are sowing the seeds with the guys, that people think I'm a nice girl, I am a nice girl, but I'm not manipulative. I'm good at getting what I want in a clever way. I'm clever, smart, and a winner. You can't be a nice girl all the time. No, you can't. You've got to go in for the kill. And... And people don't like to see that coming. It's like you've been uh, that they can they can you can't telegraph that. Yeah, and I and I think the um, like if I was just say we were playing a game of basketball and it was ninety points to zero, I don't care if the opposition doesn't get a goal. I'm not going to give them a goal. If you know you you want you want some help, go and do some more training, then come back and we'll play. Which I, I love that attitude because, I mean, this is I think it's so important to realise, again, my favourite word in all of these recaps, Katie, is context. And the the period of Survivor at that point, 
you know, it was so heavily reliant early on on that physical strength. I mean, nowadays it doesn't really matter as much because it is so much more the strategic side of things. But back when you were playing, that early part is all about the strength. It's all about, you know, spurring your tribe on because it was so much more important tribal lines back then when you got to a merge, as you were saying, get to the merge, have many numbers, and we can just go from there. So your your motivation that you kept doing that, we talked up so much about how that really seemed to spur you guys over the line. Do you think that is a key element to why Tapara won so much? Or did Katina just suck that much that that's why they lost so much? No, they, they didn't suck. They, they actually had a lot of uh, strength and, and athletic ability. And, um, and I, I, I don't know, I think, I think it definitely played a part. Cause, and this is what the um, Channel 9, the producers interviewed before getting onto the show. They said, oh, you know, you, you're so competitive and you're this and you're professional. And, you know, they're going to be weaker people in your thing. You're only going to be as strong as your weakest player. And I said, I totally disagree with that. It's, it's critical that the strongest players bring the weakest players up to their standard. And they do that with encouragement. They do that with pushing them. They do that with not accepting any less than what they're giving themselves. And I remember on the first challenge, um, uh, uh, the snorer, Jeff, Jeff. Um, <laughs> he, we had to get this very, very heavy tree log out of the ocean and carried up the side of a cliff face. And he, he was next to me and uh, he was like, oh, Katie, I'm going to drop it. I can't do this. And I'm like, Jeff, for fuck's sake, Kurt, keep paying up the fucking cliff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he looked at me. Like, this is a copper. And he looked at me, I think, um, from memory, he looked at me and he saw the expression on in my eyes and uh he all of a sudden gained the strength of a hundred men wow (laughs) yeah that's that's Uh brilliant i that come on channel why don't we see that i want to see (laughs) katie yelling at you get your fucking ass moving you fucking move move the log i would have loved if you get behind and you kicked him up the ass or something (laughs) hurry up while you're on the topic of that first challenge, you being such a competitor, you know, this was the first big challenge and it, and it all went wrong. Unfortunately, production didn't quite yeah, get their yeah, shit, to, shit together. Yeah. But yeah, it was a shame because it was such a big challenge. But were you a little bit concerned at that point? Because you're a competitor. You're going into this show thinking there's always going to be these massive challenges and, and it's all going to, you know, you want to win them all. And then you get to the first big one and it and it, it's a fail. Like, it just doesn't work. We, yeah. what, do you recall how you're feeling at that time? Yeah, uh, well, it was bitter cold. Uh, the wind was was howling, and I can see why it failed. Um, they uh, they probably didn't expect, you know, sixty kilometer winds um, coming through on, on that night. What I what I was disappointed about was um, that they didn't have a um, contingency plan, and that then and then again disappointed when they aired that fail that, to start the show. Uh, you're looking like a bunch of amateurs. So they, they could have, um, if, if they had contingencies in place, and I'm sure that they regret doing that now. Yeah. Was there anyone on Kadena that you wished you could have gotten to know or gotten to work with? Because, I mean, you only kind of got to work with three of them or at least talk to three of them. So of the other mm. five that you never really got a chance to to meet out there in Whaler's Way, was there anyone that you were particularly disappointed you didn't get to? Please say David uh, Haas. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, 
You know, I'd say now I'm sure I would, but at that time um, I had been trained not to care two hoots about the opposition, not to give a shit what their name is, what their favourite colour is, couldn't care less. Best answer. Yeah. That is the best answer I think we've had on this show right there. That is that is perfect. That is gold, pardon the pun. I'm sure you never <laughs> get that at all in your life, Katie. I can I can see why no. you got on this. I can see why you got on this show, Katie. This is brilliant. Like, and you're right. And but you, you're 100 right. I've played sport all my life, competitive sport for the last you know 30 years. I still play yeah. it to this day. You're right. Yeah. As soon as I walk over that that line, I'm there to win. If it's a single sport, I'm there to win by myself for myself. If it's a team sport, I do not care. I still play cricket. I'm there to win for my t- oh. other 10 teammates. So. And, yeah. and after it, you can have beers with them after the game. That's fine. But as long as Correct. you've won, that's all that counts. Absolutely. You know, and, and after Savara got a job in a sales environment at 2GB radio station, and I remember sitting in waiting rooms of, um, you know, LJ Hooker with all the other radio reps in there wanting to pitch their their station, and I'd be sitting there my blood would be boiling. I'm like, I am going to annihilate each one of you <laughs> one by one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which, I mean, it's it's interesting to hear that because obviously we've, we've got a lot to talk about when it gets to sort of the final episode and we'll dig up all those lovely memories for you with that one, Katie. But does, does that kind of connect into what our point has been a lot in this episode that you didn't know a whole lot about this game going in, that you've got such this competitive nature, you're just like, fuck you all, I'm going to beat you all, that this whole emotional connection that you ended up having with Rob like you obviously weren't expecting something like that to happen, were you? And and I'm guessing that's what made it a lot no. harder for you at the end that that kind of came to a head. No, I I never I I saw that there there's a, a level of truth and goodness about Rob that is real and is present, and that level of goodness and truth is also present in me. And I'd never, I suppose, been betrayed really by anyone in my life. And uh, our our agreement was, okay, it's you and me at the end and let the best person win at that time. And so and I was comfortable doing that knowing that, you know, I could go with someone weaker or less popular or what have you, but I was more comfortable in getting there um, with the help of someone that I respected and then we'll see how the, the balls fall after that. But um but, you know, he was 37 and he had a small family and um, it was more important to him to protect the win than to do it in, you know, in that way, the way that I, I'd pictured. But I thought he was on the bus. Um, and I, only in the last four days perhaps did I recognise that he wasn't fully on the bus. <laughs> was, yeah. was there ever any attraction to Rob outside of friendship? Um, uh, uh, not a a little, but um, only be only in a in a natural way because he's he's not an unattractive guy. He's got a nice body and he has a a glint in his eyes. I said before, so a bit. Um, I I knew he was married with a family, so that. But you know, I, I liked the guy absolutely. Yeah, we all meet so many people in our lives, and I just. But there's always that few that are special, and you kind of did mention it uh, in the show that you know you felt like you had this special connection. And I think we can everyone that, that listening to this, we all 
we all know that you can you, there's, there's people out there that you just connect to and they do hold that special place in your heart but uh, yeah it really I think did I was feel- crapping on a bit when I said that but go on welcome to the and, show and look, good, yeah but it, it did it did feel like you and you and Rob weren't just you know like you did have something special together They're on a different level like you, you weren't just playing a game but you actually did have a friendship and, yeah. and and felt special around each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. And uh, and I, I think because we are, we would have been raised in a similar way, just around the um, balls and running and sports, and then so it's it's just easy to gravitate. And I found it much more difficult to gravitate to others. And um, like I really uh, thought Lance was an incredible guy, but I couldn't identify with him. Because he was so nice, and I was like, "This guy is—I couldn't I actually couldn't believe how nice he was." And I thought there was something going on in the background, but there wasn't. Don't those really nice people just make you sick? That we, we all can't be that nice. I know. No, it doesn't it matter. Be very, very uncomfortable. It yeah, it doesn't matter how hard we all try. We can, we can. No one can ever be as nice as Lance. So we, we've dubbed him oh, the nicest no. guy in the world. We have. Oh yeah, I don't know anyone nicer. Yeah, so, no. I really think that if they had that title tomorrow, that he would win it hands down. Yeah, this is extraordinary. Yeah, I so yeah, he made. I just couldn't. I just kept looking at him, thinking, "Is this for real?" And it is. Yeah, absolutely. The one person we haven't really sort of talked in this whole relationship, and she, I mean, she was a key part of the alliance, and clearly, you're going to have a very strong bond with her, uh, sort of towards the end of the game. Sophie, how how was that relationship yeah. early on? Was was that someone that you had a really close bond with early on, or did that develop later on when you kind of were forced to work together? Uh, I reckon maybe in yeah. The, Early on, because she's um she's smart and she's sensible and she's very quick over twenty or forty meters, like very very quick, and um and she's she had an interesting story, uh, life story. So uh, yeah, I liked her. I liked her company, and um uh I liked that that uh, you know it was really hard for her. She had two little kids, and um I did, I thought she was a really great girl, and um, she had every chance of 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 winning, like she could have, one that wasn't as um, calculating as perhaps what I, what I attempted to be or, or what have you. But she was she was playing the game. Yeah, I like Sophie a lot. I really would have loved to have seen you on Kadena dealing with people like Sylvan and David. This would have been fascinating. How, How would have happen? you dealt with um, Sylvan? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I don't know. And even that woman that went off first, um, Lucinda. Lucinda. Oh man, oh. I was I was disgraced. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm guessing you never quite read Sylvan's book then. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have tried to identify with them. I'm sure, but I, I know I would have struggled. Yeah, they were a bit too cool for school. That tribe. Right? <laughs> so. When you hit merge, you became the Aurora Tribe, and yeah. you, there was only three members from Kadena that were left, which of course was Kara and Naomi and Craig. Yeah. Um, but, but see, you become the Aurora, Aurora Tribe, and you all get to have a shower um, <laughs> because you're all stunk, you all look filthy, and you got to have a shower. Now, there's that famous scene where Rob offers you the five hundred dollars for the nudie yeah. run. Can I just say right now, one of the best pieces of television in the history of Australian television, but uh, 
I'll, yeah, just love to hear you talk about that and, and the reaction from family or friends when they watched it back uh, oh. when it was aired. Yeah, so uh, I suppose one loses, is it, is it, um, it, you desensitize to the cameras and forget that you're there and, and it's, it's all going on national TV. Um, so that, and that's what happened in that case. And there was three, someone, I think, said, oh, 500 bucks. And being a, a uh, struggling athlete, 500 bucks. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, um, so I did that without thinking, and uh, and I suppose my family were horrified. Um, <laughs> and I thought, oh, you! I was ashamed of myself again, more shame. And um, but I got the money. I wasn't oh, so you not did get, get the, the money. money eventually. You did oh, Rob wasn't that forthcoming with it, so I had to bug him and I had to push him. And then uh, I said, "There's no way." Like, yeah. yeah, you um, you owe me the money. You made the bet. And uh, you dotted me at the end. The least you can do is pay the five hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he won five hundred thousand. The least he can cough up is five hundred bucks, right? <laughs> I know. So he did. For the record, he did. We exchanged money uh, in Hawthorne on Glen Ferry Road. <laughs> was it, it was it in like a, a little envelope? Was it like a dodgy deal that you walk past, you slip money in the envelope? And- <laughs> I can't remember that detail, but I got it first before we had the coffee. Yeah. Well, that's good. And then hopefully you didn't stick you with the bill afterwards. Like I just gave you 500 yeah. bucks. You can pay for this now. <laughs> I didn't know. But the score was settled and uh, it, uh, I was glad to see him because I was having a bit of um, post-traumatic stress. I was finding myself um, all of a sudden filled with anger and rage for the betrayal and for the, the loss at losing because I, I – I wanted to – I'd focused and rehearsed winning so much that – and then when your belief system is fractured like that unexpectedly and cruelly, I think um, I – yeah, I struggled psychologically and I, I had a lot of um, anxiety and rage that would just flood over me. So it was nice to see him again and remember that he's a good person and uh, a nice man and I was simply um, outplayed by him. And so uh, that that helped with a bit of radical acceptance. <laughs> so we def- definitely uh, have some questions about that coming up. Well, I think though that you mentioned though about your your family watching it. You had a great confessional after that, where you basically said, "I told my mum I wouldn't get naked on television." Now, initially, that episode when it aired, they like they blur you out, like because it's prime time. Yeah. They're not going to show it. But then, a month or so later, when you've got Surviving Survivor being showed at like midnight. They didn't blur anything out. Were you kind of surprised? Oh, Holy crap! There I am. Sorry, mum. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought I was. Blurred. I thought my modesty was still intact. <laughs> what did your mum say? What did your mum say? What did your mum say to that? Oh, I think they just shook their heads. What could they say? No. Like, it was like okay, all right, okay. There's our daughter. There she is. But I'm not. I'm not an exhibitionist like that. It was purely about the money. Uh, so after that, you obviously, like I said before, you're now Aurora Tribe. What was it like having the three Kadena members there? And and I'd love to hear like your relationship with Karen. She was only there for a few days. Um, obviously, she was the first member voted out of Aurora. But 
there are some great footage of you, especially with Naomi and Craig, where you're talking about plans and who they need to vote for. But yeah, I'd just love to hear your thoughts about the, those three Kadena members. Yeah, so going back to what I said earlier, um, there is a level of uh, respect but also contempt that I have for my opposition. And so it was difficult for me to, like I was cordial and um, pleasant and and warm to them, but um, there was there were uh, that were still the enemy, and they had to go. So th- my attitude was, you know, I'll, I'll be nice to them and pleasant, but you're going one by one. Yeah, so I had no real connection. I had no need for a connection. I just wanted them gone. Which, I mean, so, one of the best best scenes of that merge that, episode yeah. is when you sit all three of them down <clears throat> to essentially tell them. This is what's going to happen. You all need to vote for yeah. Lance to help us get far. Do it or you're gone. Now, we talked a yeah. lot about that episode. You would not get away with that in Modern Survivor. There is no way you would get away with that in Modern Survivor. They would be against you in five seconds. There would be a side alliance going on. You would be gone next. This almost works, So It's only Craig that doesn't really follow orders. Were, were you surprised yeah. that Karen and Naomi actually did what you said? Uh, no, they, they weren't in a position of strength and if they wanted to um, gain any level of, 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 um, of strength, you know, with me and with the other people in the tribe, then, yeah, I probably would have towed the line. And I, I don't know, I can't remember who Craig voted for. He voted for, he voted for Rob. Oh, did, uh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a stray vote. Like, why did oh, he do that? All three times, didn't he, Ben? All three times. Yeah, no, he, he, he deliberately Rob. did it because he knew that Rob was sort of in control, so he was doing it deliberately to shake you guys up to try and piss Rob off to see if he could cause some fractures. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I see. What I did like, though, early early on when you when Craig first came over, it, it was edited to think like it looked like you and Craig were going to be the next hot item. Like you were talking him oh. up. I think you said something like, oh, I wouldn't mind being stranded on a beach with him. And then by the next episode, like he's a creep, he's a low life, you can't stand him. Like <laughs> it just went, it went from, it oh. went from basically we thought it's there was going to be a, romant, a romantic relationship to he's a creep. Yeah, well, yeah, because he does it like Rob. He has that glint in his eye and he's very good at the challenges and he's tall and he's handsome and why not? But then he started meddling in my affairs and I didn't like it. <laughs> I can't have that. No. And then, like, yeah, then the um, vindication comes out. So, Which do you think had, let's swap Rob and Craig over. Craig's on Tapara now and Rob's on Kadena. Do you think you have that same relationship with Craig then that you had with Rob? Um, maybe I think, um, uh, I think without knowing Craig very much, um, I would have, I probably would have chosen him to, or chosen, or at least approached him, I shouldn't say chosen, approached him to be in an alliance for for the same reason of, of strength in numbers to get further. Um, but I don't know, he might've been a bit too cool for a school, as I said before, for me. And whereas Rob was um, modest and and level-headed and stuff. Was there many conversations with Rob around that? Because there's that great little moment where you sort of, before you go to talk to Cara, Naomi and Craig, Rob's got a confessional where he basically says, 
Katie came to me and said she's going to do this. I didn't tell her to do that, but I wasn't going to stop her. Like it's kind of like yeah. this little way you two have about working things out that it's almost like he's implying I'm controlling this, but I'm getting her to do my bidding. I mean, did you see yeah. it that way? I mean, kind of how, what was your perspective of him saying that when you saw that episode? Yeah, my perspective was, oh, shit, I'm young and naive. Of course uh, he would let me do that and expose myself like that, uh, but I didn't uh, understand that at the time, no. I just thought I was being a good team player and I was getting stuff done and I was making arrangements. Which so. is fascinating when you say about like exposing yourself like that because modern survivor, yes, absolutely. As I said before, you'd be exposed. You would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but it didn't really do you any damage. Rob oh, was getting all no. the hits. You didn't get any votes until you got voted out. So you still were somehow coming off this clean. So if anything, Rob actually came off worse for wear than that, not you. Yeah, but I think it was just Alfred Dog trying to get rid of other Alfred Dog. Like if we simplify it to the most basic form, Craig's like, that's one guy that can beat me out here. Uh, and, 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 he, and inherently or biologically he would he would gravitate towards voting for Rob than anyone else. Were you ever nervous that the three Kadena members were going to team up with Jane or Lance or Joel? Um, or were you that confident that no – those three are going to go first and, and we've got control of, of those names I just said with, with Lance and, and Joel and Jane. Yeah, there was a level of control because um, uh, because we were tight. We'd won a lot. There was a lot of victory. There was, um, you know, that, that bonds people. And uh, I, it was in my mind. I was worried about Craig and Shona. Um, yeah. Uh, to Shona defecting somehow, but she didn't. So, yeah, but that that's where just getting them off and sticking to the plan. And you, you hear that now in, in the modern game is just stay with the plan and don't deviate from it. <laughs> Shona was calling Craig the young warrior, and I know when Rob yeah. – when Rob told you that, it was almost disgust. You're like, oh, like, yeah, the, yeah. it's, it's now, disgust now right now. now. It's now still disgusting you now, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll give <laughs> you, me a break. You just, <laughs> you, just, you just did the exact same reaction you did 19 no years ago. No Yeah? You did. Wow. <laughs> I haven't heard the young warrior for 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> Atrocious. We, we won't bring up um, the fact that Sophie talked about wanting to pee on other people, so we'll just, uh, you know, we'll leave that one out of the memory bank. Well, she peed on me one night accidentally. Oh, what? Yeah, because it was so cold. It was probably a week to go, and we were on, at, at, um, at, at the end of our rope with the weight loss and sleep deprivation, and so I was spooning her. I was the outside spoon, and she dreamt she was going to the toilet, and she did. <laughs> Wow. I'm saying yeah, it now. So that was an accidental, based on what Sophie said earlier in that season. She she deliberately meant to pee on you. Oh, really? Glad, glad you weren't locked in a, a tent much longer with Cara, and she would have eaten you. These are some quotes. You might have to tell her, Ben. These are some quotes that we picked up throughout, obviously, analysing each episode. Yeah, Sophie basically in one of the episodes when they were talking about, uh, I think it was when your bowel movements were brought up and basically so they told him about peeing and Sophie essentially said that she joked and saying that she would pee on people, uh, only joking, if you were my best friend, I would. And then Karen in the episode when Rob essentially is questioning you, would you eat a person? 
and Karen basically just didn't think at all. She was just like, alive or dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She just came out with it straight away. I was like, whoa, Karen, you answered that a little bit too quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I understand. That's the thing. You'd lose um, this um, neural transmissions, really. Does you maybe jump a few? Yeah. And not thinking clearly. <laughs> you talked that you and um, Sophie were spooning. Like, did did everyone sleep in the same order every night? Like, we're, because I know in, in a lot of survivors that often is the case that people get. Yeah, it's 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 like when you go into a, a classroom and, and it's or it's a five day course. Everyone sits in the exact same spot for those five days. Was that yeah. the case for you guys with the, the with the bedding arrangements? A little bit. Uh, we chopped around a bit. Um, uh, but we, we were actually all together because it was so cold. We it wasn't separate. It was a lot of all together. Um, but I was mainly with uh, Sophie or Rob uh, at night time. And towards and towards the end, Ben Ben the Bear. And Benny the Bear. <laughs> we're gonna get to our little friend Ben the Bear. Trust me, I can't let oh, uh, little oh. Ben the Bear go. No, no, uh, oh. no qualms about that. Speaking of sleep, though, uh, you, you talked a lot about when Craig goes home, you're going to sleep better at night. Uh, very excited for when Craig yeah. goes. That, that night that Craig eventually went, I mean, was that the best yeah. night for you out there at that point? It was a big relief, yeah. I wanted to see the back of him. He was a huge threat and he'd what, won two or three challenges in a row. And, um, yeah, it was great because, yeah, like while he has that glint in his eye, it's also – an annoying smirk as well. So it's good for me that it was gone. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I mean, don't, don't worry. You know, we're going to bring up some more quotes in this episode. But I mean, Matt's kind of alluded to it before, though. Like a lot of the, the lovely little liners you're dropping about Craig, he's an asshole, he's a snake, he's a rat, <laughs> all those kind of yeah. joyful things. I mean, you, you talk a lot about watching this show only for one time, but when you're re-watching these episodes, particularly these earlier ones when it's not really the, the stuff that's really going to cause some distress later on, but do you see yourself going, holy crap, I'm sitting there calling this guy all these names? What was I thinking? Or do you think, yeah, no, he really was an asshole, snake and a rat? No, no, that's just me being defensive and it's a way that I would perhaps um, uh, psych myself up is to d- disparage the opposition, which is is not necessarily healthy and it's very regrettable on national TV. So I was pretty, pretty, pretty appalled that I said those things and they're not true. It's just me um, crapping on really. That's what we, that's yeah. what we're glad you did because here we are, we can bring <laughs> up you crapping on all these years later. It's, it's fantastic <laughs> for us. One thing I'd, I'd like to ask yeah. about Lance. Now it, it came up later on in the final episode when, you and Shona and everyone are having a go at each other. And it's it's brought up that you you said that you essentially told two lies in the game, one to Joel and one to Lance. Was yeah. the lie around that there wasn't an alliance? I mean, what was this so-called yeah. lie that you told Lance? Uh, yeah, because he, I think he, uh, I think maybe uh, it's it's hard to recall, and I, but I think maybe um, he somehow got wind that there was some sort of an alliance uh, perhaps from Kadena, the people from Kadena, and then he approached me. He's like, "Oh, is there some sort of thing?" And I said, "No, no, it's all of us." And and um, yeah, so that that was hard. And because he's such a nice guy, it was quite excruciating. But the fact that he had no idea. Well, was, was that a surprise that he had no idea? 
Uh, it surprised me every day. Yep. Yeah. But he just doesn't think that way. Did you get, did you feel a bit guilty that you ate some of the, the pizza that he'd won in his challenge just before he got voted out? Cause I know later on when you're winning all the challenges and uh, you're sharing the ice cream, the, yeah. the ice cream and the chicken and you were a bit dirty that people knew they were going to vote for you and you were sharing, but you did it with Lance. Lance got the pizza and you had it and then he got voted out. Yeah, I would have felt guilty, I'm sure. Uh, there's, I've been raised Catholic, so that those kind of things do get to me. <laughs> well, having said that, though, how pissed off were you when you eventually found out that Shona bloody saved her piece and gave it to Craig? Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the young warrior. Oh, give us a break. Did Shona give you a, a special name at all? I don't know. I hope not. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Jane? We've got to talk about Jane again because Jane ends up getting voted out, and that wasn't the plan for you. So this was probably the first point in the game where you realised this something's mm. gone terribly wrong. wrong. So this this for you is the the second part of the game. This is where you know all of a sudden you're in damage control. So. I'd love to hear, like, the night when Jane got voted out, what happened and what happened immediately after when you get back to camp? Um, I'm really sorry to say, Matt, but I can't recall. Uh, uh, what was the circumstances? So basically Joel was meant to go home because Joel had lost yes, immunity. Yes, and that's when Joel yes. formed this deal with Shona and Rob, basically saying, if you take me to the final three, I will give up immunity as long as you save me tonight and we'll form a, a bond. So from that point on, that's right. they all voted together. There was a tie that night between Jane and Joel because you, Sophie, and Jane all voted for Joel. The other three voted yeah. for Jane. Tiebreak came about and Jane had votes against us, so she went home essentially. And that's when yeah. you the next day you're basically saying, I was looking around. Me and Sophie were like, yeah, yeah. You you worked it out that point. Yeah, which was um it wasn't too it wasn't too late, because uh, there was still time to try to unpick it, but obviously that wasn't successful. But um Yeah, did Joel approach them? Yes. What's interesting is if I if he'd approached um, if he'd made that proposition to me and Shona or me and Rob, I don't think I would have gone for it. I really, but and that's because I had this um, ideal scenario where um, people would be protected until such point as they could no longer be protected, and then or maybe the best person win philosophy. Yeah, so and I, I just didn't think Joel deserved it. He hadn't I mean that was a, a strategic thing to do, but before then he had done nothing strategic whatsoever, I don't think. So what was that relationship like with Joel? Was that just kind of your perspective that, you know, he d- hadn't really done much at that point and you didn't maybe get along with him? I mean, was there any form of relationship or friendship no. with Joel? Uh yeah, yeah. He seemed like a nice kid and um uh nice young man bit heavy on the uh, Christian side of things for me and uh, I had a nice energy. I thought he, was, he had a lot of get up and go, um, but I uh, – and he was helpful in challenges. Yeah, but there were other people that were better than him and I wanted to see them go further. 
you said get up and go. I thought you were going to say a lot of giddy up. I know that's what he was always <laughs> saying around camp was giddy up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just those kind of things. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yep. But he, I, he was very enthusiastic. It's like a Labrador to sausage sizzle type thing. <laughs> that, that, that's maybe the best uh, explanation of Joel I've ever heard. <laughs> Labrador yeah. to sausage yeah. sizzle. I love it. Which, I mean, I guess... So many things were surprising to you, no doubt, when you're watching this and seeing kind of everything that's happening with Rob that kind of filled in a lot of gaps for you. But was it then surprising that that Rob kind of went along with this plan of of Joel's, that he actually accepted this deal? Yeah, it was, um, well, it was a masterstroke really. And the, the fact that Joel followed through with his commitment I found appalling. Um, but, uh, like if he was, if he was able to convince him to do that and then he crept on at the end about his money in one hand and his integrity in the other, just, um, it's not about that. And he had lost his integrity already. So, um, yeah, it was a masterstroke really. It was a thing that, uh, and I just can't believe he threw the bloody loss challenge. Which... I, yeah, I want to like, talk a little bit about continuing like sort of that what Matt sort of brought up before about your reactions and everything uh, the next morning. But the one thing I'd love to kind of have a quick what-if scenario with, Joel goes home that night, so the deal never happens basically. So the final five is Jane, uh, yourself, Sophie, Shona and Rob. So your plan was to go to the end with Rob, is that correct? And so would it would have been Shona third, Sophie fourth, yeah. Jane fifth? Is that how it should have played out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was on my diagram. And perhaps I, I didn't I, – I wonder if I fixated too much on that to the point of being blind to uh, other scenarios. And I suppose what sticks in my mind is watching that last challenge where uh, Joel sat there and did nothing. I, I really wanted to wring his neck. <laughs> <laughs> it, must, it, it, it must have been hard to watch, Katie. Like you I busted thought, get your, up, you, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> I told you, Matt, she would have killed someone. That confessional was legit. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to sit there. You've just busted your gut for 37 days um, and then you have to sit there the next day, the very next day and watch that. That must have been one of the worst moments in the game and and you're not even in the game anymore. No, I was just like, I think, you know, uh, I shouldn't say things, but I thought, you dumb bastard, why are you sitting there? throwing your game away for these two other people when, you know, I mean, have some integrity and play the game to the end. Did did you know 100% for sure at that point that he had made the deal and was throwing it away or did you, or did you just think he was a terrible counter for 38 minutes? No, I, I put two and two together. I thought yeah. oh, he's made this agreement, yeah. but I, you know, he, yeah, and and that that was his choice, and I I respect his choice, but God, it pissed me off. Yeah, which going back to the the morning after Jane goes home, and you've kind of realised that Rob's not all he's meant to be. You, you are visually upset. You 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 just you. I talked a lot about this in this episode recap with Matt that I I relate to you on that, Katie, because I'm the same person. If someone pisses me off like that, I can't hide my emotions. I'm going to be sulky. I'm going to be upset. You can tell yeah. I'm upset. Yeah. But what yeah. what amazes me is that at that point you don't 
kind of lose it. You're kind of very calculated. You talk to him about it with Sophie and you sort of say in some of your confessionals that like, look, you know, I, I can't blow up right now. I need to, to remain level-headed. You're clearly thinking at that point still about the game and that you're obviously trying to think, well, maybe we can get Joel on side. Is, is that kind of how you were playing that you didn't want to blow up just yet because you still could possibly save it and target Rob and Shona at that point? Yeah, I was. Um, I didn't want to self-destruct and I was scrambling mentally and um, trying to find any sort of angle or any any other way to resurrect the situation. I was scrambling in my mind and racing. And I suppose, yeah, I had felt and perhaps I should have felt reasonably secure up until that point. You never felt 100% secure, but I felt but that this this turn of events was sudden and it was um, and it was it, it was the 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 betrayal that I hadn't had yet in my whole life, let alone in the show. I thought, oh gee, you know, you can get rolled by people. And that's that's the that's a very fortunate life, right? Um but yeah, I'd I'd never been rolled like that before. Which then when you're working closely with Sophie, you you had worked so closely with Rob as she's talking about this betrayal, you're feeling that right now. I, I mean, do you think that had you maybe not put all those eggs in one basket with Rob and you kind of, as you mentioned before, maybe had a few different options there, that Sophie could have been someone that you maybe would have preferred to have, I mean, clearly you would have preferred to work with anyone but Rob long-term, but do you think Sophie could have been that person instead of Rob to work long-term with? Yeah, and the failing of my game was that I I didn't have those contingencies. I was uh, so single-minded with the original plan and uh, and that that also comes back to not doing the research beforehand. So then what you, you said Shona was going to be the number three. She was going to go out third and it was you and Rob. So what did Shona like what did you think that Shona thought? Did had you told Shona that you were going to the end with her? Yes, I believe I did. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. There's a third um, line. So that was yeah. <laughs> 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 Well. But but then Shona knew that was never going to happen because she knew she was going to the end with Rob. I guess. I'm surprised but, she didn't I mean, call yes. you out on that. Actually, then, like at the end when she mentions about you've only had two lies. I mean, come on, Shona, it's right in front of you there. But yeah, obviously, like you were betrayed by Rob, but so was Sophie, and we didn't see that as much because obviously Sophie goes before you. Yeah. And and well, she was you, livid. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Like you, you were there. You were would have been having a lot of conversations with Sophie. What was her reaction to all that? Um. Yeah, she was pretty peeved. Uh, very peeved because she had a she had a friendship with Jane too. So that was hard, and uh, she was just peeved that because um, what what she disclosed to me was Rob was actually saying, "Oh, she'll he'll go to." final two with her and then he was saying to me and then he was saying to Shona and and then that's where like this is where the kind of infidelity concept came up you know a typical man promising things to all these women <laughs> uh and yeah that's that we kind of fell into that oh you know men can do this type of thing so easily and and look at you and yeah, as, sh- and, and yeah, I'm sure you referred to Rob as a root rat. We, we had <laughs> that's a what of- I meant. Yeah, some sort of bloody. What um, is a root um, rat? Can you explain this you for serious? us? It's like a rat ben, who goes oh, around and roots people. Is that what you're uh, implying? Uh, have Have you never heard the <laughs> phrase root rat? And I'd never heard I of think- dick togs or whatever it was that you brought up a couple what? of weeks ago. <laughs> 
What I've been living out of Australia about? for too long. I'm losing my slang. <laughs> what do they talk about down in Tasmania, Ben? You want no. to be if you've we're rooting our the- family members, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> a root rat. It's someone that's going from bed to bed, jump. You know, like a root rat. Yeah. Yeah. So he, but he's got all his women in the harem yeah. and he's just, you know, and that's what it felt like. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, women go quite feral when they, they get this realisation that the man is playing several women all at once, including you. Well, yeah. that, that, that whole don't line of, well to that. <laughs> that whole line of confession, well, not even confession, it was a conversation with Sophie where you call him a root rat. <laughs> you go from calling Rob a sleazeball to a root oh rat saying he can take it up the ass before then oh, you refer <laughs> you refer to saying then which this is what makes it so fantastic because you're going dropping all these clangers to which then you basically say to Sophie well he's lined up Joel for us so we can talk to him we are women hear us roar I am so good I give myself goosebumps so like you kind oh, of just go on this That's you disgusting. did and can I just say one of my favourite moments of you on the entire season Oh no, that that's appalling. That's um, <laughs> shocking. One thing I love about you, Katie, and, and I've said this to Ben before on this podcast. Every time you describe someone or a situation, you you never you always use a new word. Like you 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 have all these words in your mind that to describe people. Every time, like you use a different word, and you never just repeat the same thing. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my vocabulary is quite good. When I was young, I. I had a thesaurus next to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Oh, it was wonderful. I'd, wow. I'd read it every night. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Everyone should learn yeah. from that. I feel like we could almost just quickly go through every single cast member right now, Katie, and see if you can drop us a couple of one-liners on these people. Would you Would you remember <laughs> some of these people if I just all of a sudden was like, Lucinda, David, Tim, could you give me some words for those people? I'd rather not. I think okay. So. Right. Just, <laughs> well, I think she already test you. I think she already I think she already said something about Lucinda, wasn't it? That was disgusting or whatever that she uh, voted for herself. Well, but I, I was I was disgusted. <laughs> like she yeah. Oh, but uh look, and honestly, that's something I think what made you such a great, not just a contestant, but a character. Like, you know, you, you do show your emotions, and I'm the same. Like, shit, look at my I, I don't know, you probably haven't seen my episode, but I showed plenty of emotion in in my episode. Like, that's just who I am, and because I'm a competitor. Yeah. Like I've just yeah. always been a competitor and, and, and if I'm, you know, I think I, I do let it get to me and I, I think you're the same, Katie. Well, you know, you clearly are. But, um, but you know, that's what made you such a great character. You know what, you you you, you wore your heart on your sleeve and you, you played the game hard and you told it how it was. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's, um, and I've learned only as I've gotten older that that's that mm. not very effective often. <laughs> a, a, a lot of people don't like that trait in someone like <laughs> No, they don't. Which you say, I you say, I love it. You say later in the game, actually, about that heart and sleeve that 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 kind of can expose you because then that exposes your heart and clearly, you know, it it gets the better of you. So it's clearly, I mean, that's a personality trait that I think if you've got, as I mentioned before, you, you can't kind of hide that in certain ways, can you? Oh, you can hide it for so long, right? But if you've got this level of drive and passion and this, um. Uh, it's like uh, John McEnroe, Leighton Hewitt, and stuff. You you can't take that out of yourselves. That's just how you behave. Which how hard is that then? As I'm talking about, you're you're visually upset. You're visibly upset. 
you, you're still having to calm yourself down because, again, you're trying to kind of, you know, work out a conting- contingency plan. But then you've got Rob, who is basically playing normal. You even have a confessional there where you mentioned the night before he's still holding my hand, but I just left it go limp because he makes me sick. Uh, you're having to share yeah. chicken with him. You're, you're doing all this kind of stuff. Like, how do you not burst? I mean, you literally burst the next episode, but how are you not bursting uh, at I this did. point? I don't know. I mean, ask how did Hillary Clinton not burst when she found out that yeah. what's his face? <laughs> it's, it's just, and this is what I liken it to. It's just this level of intimacy and then betrayal and then, but you've got to play along for uh, self-preservation or what have you. You must have felt yeah. physically sick when you had to watch Rob lying on that bed that you had won in, in the challenge and oh. he's get. it must have made you sick. Oh, I've made my stomach turn. I thought at least have the decency to kind of, you know, but they didn't, and um, that's that's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> you you obviously won that challenge. I mean, you won three in a row. You you kind of you yeah. got very close to winning several challenges, and then finally it kind of all clicked as a competitor. I mean, that yeah. must have felt good to go on a bit of a mini streak. Sadly, not ones right at the end that you needed the most, but no. I mean, you still got three in a row there at least. Must be a good feeling. Yeah, that was because there's a, a level of luck in, um, in in all of the challenges as well as skill and timing. Uh, so, and, yeah, it, it was good then. I thought oh, um, it was important for me to, to win those because, yeah, we'd done so well in the in the um, Tapara, but the individuals, um, I had hoped to win more. And that it challenge, me that I didn't. That challenge where you were, you were coming dead last and it's the one where you yeah. had to spell out the word Aurora. Aurora. No, yeah. yeah, you had all these 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 number, uh, letters in front of you and it just spelt one word. So, yeah. did you, like, you came from dead last. Did you, did you come up, like, did you know straight away it's going to be Aurora? Or, because how long did that actually take for you to, to, to work out that well, was the word? I saw it in seconds. And this goes yeah. back to my uh, interest in words uh, yeah. as well. I saw it very quickly and they thought I cheated. Like Lincoln thought I cheated. Wow. I'm like, no, it's simple. There's an A and a U and an R. We're here. It's a southern sky. Easy. How does he think you and cheat? Like how on earth can how can I, you cheat he, in that I challenge? Couldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, well, but they couldn't believe because everyone was still struggling with it. And it was literally, I think, two or three seconds. And I but thought, it okay. is, it's it's the name of your tribe that you're in at the moment. It's the Aurora tribe was the merged yeah. tribe. So it wasn't really that hard. No. No, it wasn't. Uh, so, it, but difficult because there's so many vowels and people. But still, it, it was obvious there's so many vowels that like Aurora. Yeah. But that must have been a, a, a I'd always say like an a, an ego trip moment to to come from dead last and and win that. Like that's that's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah and I I've I think I've got a photograph of the expression on my face after that. I know what I'm thinking. When I, put my hands up I'm like I'll fuck all of you (laughs) let's be honest though you also are that happy because you win a freaking teddy bear which you call Ben can I just say thank you Katie I don't know I know it was after me I mean you you didn't know me back then but clearly it was it was meant to be right Ben you're 15 she didn't have to know that Matt don't spoil the moment you're 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 15 (laughs) at the time what happened to Ben the bear did you keep Ben the bear do you still have Ben the bear yeah, I did for many years, and I um, I used to put it Ben, but 
between my knees because I've got the bad back and it just helps when you're sleeping to have something between your knees. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, you've got to throw the bear out. Uh, oh, like, <laughs> Rip oh, Ben yeah. the bear. Oh, no. Uh, Poor little Ben. I'm, yeah, I suppose I'm not sentimental and I know I'm going to regret that later. Yeah, well, yeah. I was thinking you could bring it along to the reunion next year, but you know, poor Ben. We'll we'll oh. find, we'll track down. We'll we'll head into uh, many different shops out there in Port Lincoln. We'll try and find a replica Ben the Bear. <laughs> t- t- talking about regrets, was there any regrets sharing that those rewards? You know, the the chicken, the uh, the ice cream, like because I've I've been a big critic on this podcast, like. I've been very critical of the fact that they didn't. They allowed you guys to share rewards yeah. and eat it just back at camp. Um, I've always said, and and you obviously you would have seen in modern day Survivor. Every time they win a, win a reward, they get to choose one or two people. They go away. They have it away from the camp, and that's where you get a chance to talk strategy over a you know a, a ice cream, a burger, some beers, whatever. And that can really set up your game. Um, but. For some stupid reason, I've been so critical about it. They just have it back at camp, and of course, like, what option did you really had? You, you had you had to share the you reward, can't. but yeah, did did you ever? Did you think? I know you sort of say in the show, like, I I thought about just having it myself, but then it would have blown up my game completely. But like, were, were you annoyed that you didn't get a chance just to pick one person and 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 eat it somewhere else? Yeah, well, I didn't know that that concept existed, and we just took it as what the format was. But it was a it was an uncomfortable format because mm-hmm. how can you share? And it wasn't much food; oh. like you were dividing it between like several people, and and everyone would thank you, of course. But it was like, well, what's the point in winning the reward? As that's been my argument. It, there's you, no benefit, you win, but there's absolutely like as a competitor, Katie. Every time you enter. A competitive competition, you're there for the main prize. But in this, yeah. the person who comes last still gets the same prize. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. You, you so may as well not have just, it. Hence why they changed it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, which must have been yeah. particularly tricky with the ice cream because I mean, this is post two of the three big blowups you had with the, these final three. So I mean, gosh, that ice cream. I'm sure you just wanted to throw it in their fucking faces. Uh, yeah, yeah, my blood was really starting to boil and I was doing everything. I, it took all my mental energy to contain it, which is why I think the fuse was let out. <laughs> Maybe you are as nice as Lance because i got to admit, I don't think I if, – if, if I knew that they were on his gun for me, I, I know what I'm like. There's no way in hell I would have shared that ice cream. You're better than me, Katie. You're better than me. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Oh, that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> One thing before we get to the juicy goodness of the last episode, I've got to bring up yeah. the failed final three attempt by producers. Now, I know you and I talked about this briefly yeah. on, on the Oz Network last year, but I, w- I would love to hear your perspective on this on this podcast because basically if people are unaware of this, that essentially – the producers try to change this to a final three at the end instead of a final two. What was your perspective on this? What were you told? What did you see then from Shona and Rob and kind of what what basically happened in that whole situation? Okay, I might be reconstructing the memory, but from what I re- what I recall, Stephen Peters came down, um, and he said. You know, we've got a twist in the game and uh, we've decided to make it a final three and uh, this is how it's going to be. Um, 
and all the very best, that's all the information you're getting, but there's going to be three people at the end. And so clearly Robin Shona thought that it was some sort of, uh, there was some sort of marketing um, rationale behind that because um, perhaps Shona wasn't as marketable uh, and they saw that it was going to be Robin Shona and that she wasn't as marketable, arguably, than 24-year-old, you know, with a big mouth. Um, and uh, and um, I think Rosemar, but, but I think uh, to your point, Matt, there's a certain personality and a truth and the and the mouthing off or speaking the truth which which um which made my persona interesting especially because there weren't that many people in the that didn't cast it as well as they're casting it these days so it's not like you had a few of me around like there are in these current games yeah, so and they just thought it was, yeah, and they were insulted and they didn't want to lose and they didn't want to risk their, um, so they spat the dummy and said, well, we're walking off. And they were, it was, it was pretty serious. Like they were like, we're not budging, we don't accept the format change and we're, we're leaving the game. So, um, yeah, so they had to... Uh, un- unpick that and just calm everyone down. But I, obviously, I I rallied my case for it. I was happy with it. Yeah, yeah I was gonna I was gonna ask like, surely you though were loving it? Because I mean, was that was that post one, two, or three breakdowns, or was this before you kind of broke down? I uh, I'm not sure about the break what order, but I know we were down on the rocks getting barnacles or something, and um uh. I thought, gee, this is this is excellent, and I, I agreed. I thought it was a marketing rationale behind it, but um, yeah. And Joel got on their bandwagon as well, so they, they just caved. Do you think, had it been a final three, and if it was you, Shona, and Rob, do you think you could have won that? Well, that's yeah. Well, this is speculation. I think Shona would have got very few votes, and I think that. Um, uh, Sophie and and um, Jane um, may have voted for me, like especially after Rob's performance. I mean, Sophie was carrying that knowledge with her, and which would Jane have been interesting because well. it would have only been a jury of six. Which I mean, that in itself, I mean, you could have had a three-way tie of two votes each. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough tough to know what the producers and the, the executive director should have done. Like I, they had to, yeah, they probably had to um, revert back to the original format. But you could have said, oh, we'll just, just walk. I don't understand why Joel wouldn't have been in favour for a final three because he already knew no, that because, he would. Yeah, but that's what I mean, yeah. the, the level of his thinking. It wasn't. He wasn't there to win. He was there to, I don't know what. So, um, no, he, he was siding with them. Katie, look, I know Ben's eager to, he, to ask you some questions relating to what happens in those those last sort of day or two before you do get voted out. One thing, just a question I like before we get into that because we've got so much to talk about that. This is a bit of a what-if question, but I, I like to ask everyone that's, that uh, made the final uh, seven or so. That that reward challenge where Naomi won and they got the night the, the 
got to stay a night over at um, Mikara uh, Station, which was an overnight stay, and she, she got to choose um, Craig. And it was the only challenge where you actually got to – where you won, you got to choose someone and you got away from camp. Yeah. If you would if you would have won that challenge, who would you have taken for that overnight stay? Uh, at, at that point in the game. So at that point in the game, you, you weren't aware what Rob was up to as well. So I think we need to put that into – I would have taken Rob. You would have? Yep. Yeah. I'd say so. Just as a sharing of loyalty, unless we discussed that it would be better if I took someone else for some mm. strategic advantage. Yeah. You would have got a computer with our good friends, thanks at Intel as well. So, you know, you, you missed out on <laughs> <laughs> you missed out on that. Now, all right, we're going to get to the good stuff here. Not that it hasn't been good already, but you know what I'm talking about. But before, before I get to some of the specifics with this final episode and, and everything that happened, Katie, just start us off. You obviously finally broke down after Sophie gets voted out. You get back to tribal and that's where it all begins. Can you remember? I mean, I'm sure you probably don't want to remember, but can you remember initially getting out of the the car or however they drove you back to to camp? No gag order anymore. You can let loose. Do do you remember that initial feeling of, right, now, fuck you all, I'm going to rip into all you bastards? (sighs) Yeah, you know what? I should probably watch it again, although I'm sure it would horrify me. Did did I explode when we got back? Yes, that was one of there was three moments where you exploded oh, in the night, finale. When I this was Rob the hero. Um, yeah, I've got. Oh, I, I yeah. Don't, there's more than hero. I've got a few little lines here a to refresh hero. your memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to come flooding back to you, here, Katie. No. Yeah, I do remember that around the fire. Oh yeah, this shit hit the fan. Um, so no, that was, I couldn't, I couldn't hold back anymore. To, to, to your credit though, you did apologize to Joel and Shona and say that, you know, you, they didn't need to hear all this over dinner, but, uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot, there was, I, so you, you did apologize, <laughs> but courteous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry to disturb your dinner. Which is <laughs> what is so fantastic about this last episode though, because there are, there are two moments like that, but Katie, there's some of the things here that you did call Rob unloyal uncommitted, dumb as dog shit, a fucking hero, asshole, not a man, gutless wonder, <laughs> champion, darling, a prick. He makes you sick. You couldn't trust him as far as you could throw him. Is there anything else yeah. here that you missed that you maybe want to catch us up on uh, 18 years later? No, that is a, um, that is, um, a female, a hysterical female rant. So that's what that is. And I, I'm, I'm, I, it takes a lot to I, – I don't think I've ever ranted and blown up like that since. Um, that's – there was just a level of anger uh, was so high. Can I just say, Katie, I would be honoured if you ranted at me like that. Me too. <laughs> we called it the Rob Spray. <laughs> yeah. I would expect it. I mentioned about, and you're going to groan at this one too, Katie, I mentioned in our finale recap uh, in our last episode that if Shona ends up calling me a warrior, I would be honoured. But, if yeah, if you ever just want to go on a tirade against me and call me all those names, I would be even more honoured, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's disgusting that I came up with so many uh, adjectives. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just kept. I just kept going and going and going and watching it, I just was like, God, Kate, can you sit down? Shut your mouth. 
mouth. <laughs> Please shut your mouth. And I remember looking um, backstage in the audience and my family were sunken down in their chairs with their hands <laughs> Which must have made that even worse because, like, you obviously knew that that episode was going to eventually that you're going to have to relive that. But you have to relive that with an audience of, like, a thousand people outside of your dressing room. We hear Eddie Maguire talk about how there's crying and backstage your makeup. (laughs) I mean, that must have just, you know, heightened that moment so much, particularly when you're getting booze in the crowd and things like that as well. Oh, yeah. The booze were awful because... I was never um, overly popular, but I'd never been hated before. And to have, like, not not the whole country is watching, but to have a nation somewhat hate you, not even somewhat, I got so much hate mail. It really made me question um, whether I was a nice person or whether anybody liked me at all or, yeah, it was hard psychologically. Which I've got to definitely more of a follow-up on that one a little bit after. But the thing also, too, is my favourite word, context, which I think is really important, is that I feel it would be so different if this was today because you'd have things like social media and that that would add a different level to it. But mm-hmm. I also feel like you would have a lot more fans championing you as as more of like this this powerful villain that we enjoy because you come from an era where Jerry Manthe had just been on our screens and and Jerry was hated and a villain. But in hindsight, Jerry didn't do anything wrong to be a villain. It was kind of just his perception of her and it was definitely a, a gender thing as well. I think that had you mm. or Jerry been a man and doing the same things, you're not going to be getting the same reaction. But it's it's kind of interesting to think that had this been today, I just feel you would, it would not be quite the same reaction. Yeah, I don't think, I think you're right. And I, but I think, but Australia, this is the, um, we a lot of Australians were disgusted at the game of Survivor because like it, it's very un-Australian mm. to pick people off and to um, line people up and lie to people. It, it's all Australians like mateship and, keep the show on the road, that type of thing. We're the lucky country. We don't get, I mean, these Americans, they're savages, they pull each other apart. Yeah, and that's what it felt like out there when doing it. It was like, oh, Survivor doesn't really work in Australia at that time. No one's aggressive enough. No one's mean enough. They don't want to get anyone's nose out of joint because that's not what Australians do. Which They're they're easy going. Which is kind of weird because, like, this – the re- the reception and and kind of the the opinion of your season was that it was just a mateship season that there was no real gameplay there's none of this sort of stuff where mm. I said so much in our finale episode watch this last episode and and don't be entertained because I I've said that Katie that the finale of of your season is the greatest finale I've ever seen in any version of Survivor you are you are hooked to the screen every single minute you do not get that pure raw emotion that you brought to that episode in any form today and, and i'm sure like it was obviously a quite oh, a traumatic time for you out there and a traumatic time to experience that back then but 18 years later it holds up as entertainment gold and again i don't want to try to talk down what you were feeling at that point because i know it was all legitimate no. but it's just yeah. it is something so incredible to watch that just you, you're never going to recreate that in a modern form of Survivor, no matter what you bring to the table with a twist or anything else like that. But that's what I when I look at them, I'm like, okay, why is everyone holding back? Why is there a level of reserve even in the um, 
in the uh, confessionals and um, and and the, yeah, the, the composure that people have, I, I find astonishing. And there, um, and it, in some ways, it it makes it less interesting because you can see people are are holding back what they're really thinking and feeling. So, um, but Stephen Peters, when I when I walked off the ship that night, he just said, "You know what, Kate, we love you." And I could not have scripted those last couple of days any better. <laughs> Which, I mean, a spoiler alert for people who know that we've got a Stephen Peters interview coming up. He, he, he uh, like, he praises you more than anyone else in that interview. He basically says, thank uh, God we had Katie Gold. And and Lincoln was similar. He, he praised you for just what you brought. And clearly they thought uh, so highly of you if they want to change this to a final three to essentially save you to bring you to the end. Yeah. And, I mean, what. You talk about kind of That's watching it nice. today and people holding back. Also today, people are so much more aware that it's a TV show that they can kind of expose yeah. themselves a bit more. There's an image that they can create and create something outside of the game. For you, clearly, it's almost the opposite. Like you, you've almost forgotten it's a TV show because you're you're doing all these things, you've broken down, and then all of a sudden you've gone, oh, fuck, I'm going to be on TV. I have to relive all this again. So that's what I think makes it even better and again, not yeah. trying to talk down on your emotions and trying to say thanks for breaking down, Katie, because again, it was traumatic for you, but it makes it yeah. more real. And in 2002, that's what we wanted from reality TV. We wanted it to be real. Yeah, it was a real deal. And I, I just, I suppose there's other people like me, you just can't behave any other way because there's just a level of honesty about um, things that you say. And I've learned to, I've changed that, unfortunately. It's 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 important socially. Mm. What was harder, the actually in the moment when it was happening, those last couple of days, or when you watch it back knowing the whole nation is going to see this unfold? Um, I was hardest at the moment. That's when I was going down in a ball of flames. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and because I was so committed mentally, um, to succeeding again it's it's and it's it's like with which was very painful for me with my back injury is you spend and it wasn't years convincing yourself that you can do it but you 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 your neural pathways as to winning and performing and and succeeding are so deep that when something goes wrong your brain fractures yeah so and I think that's 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 what happened. Plus, and then add to that the um, you know I lost eleven kilos of weight and had very little sleep and very little food. So there's the, the insanity component as well. But even if I wasn't insane, uh, I wasn't mentally um, deprived. Um, I think I still would have had the same woeful reaction. <laughs> well, it's what's even more fascinating about your reaction in the episode. It's it's not like it's all purely blow up like you Matt sort of brought it up before you're having this big blow up at Rob then you kind of take a moment to apologize to Joel and Shona yeah. the, the next day you sort of yeah it's not acceptable I don't like no, I don't behave like this that. isn't it's not dinner acceptable. conversation yeah. <laughs> the yeah. next day you kind of you've calmed down a little bit you, you've calmed down enough that you pull everyone by the fire you apologize <laughs> You sort of apologise to Rob half-heartedly before you go into another tirade and that's when the whole sort of (laughs) conversation comes in about, um, you know, sex and all that kind of fun stuff. And then you calm down again, 
you have an immunity challenge, you you sadly lose that one, and clearly you can see how much that hurts you to lose that one. You've mm. calmed down enough that you and Rob seem to have sorted it out. You kind of hug it out. It kind of seems to be good. But then you lose it again because you have this conversation with Shona. You you sort of try to sway Joel. Then Shona basically tells you that she's voting for you and then she implies there's a deal with Joel and then, boom, things are lost again. Have you ever in your life, Katie, been on more of an emotional journey over the space of like two days than those two days in Whaler's Way? Yeah, so the only reason that I was able to... um well, I ate the guilt for behaving so poorly, for my behaviour deteriorated. So I, it was important for me to apologise and excuse myself. Um, but the bloody um, hug or any sort of niceties throughout that time was purely and solely because I thought there might be a small chance that I can get in with someone here. There was no other reason. Otherwise, I was bitterly pissed off. And um, I, I just knew that there could be an angle and I might be able to find it somewhere. And then when I couldn't find it, then I popped again. <laughs> so and why, again. why was it? And again. <laughs> and again. And again. <laughs> why, why was the anger mainly directed at Rob and not so much Shona? There is one point where you, you tell Shona that, oh, is it one of the, have a look in the mirror, um, but – is that because you knew that you were never going to take Shona to the end? So it was the fact that you and Rob did have that final two deal? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And also that I was quite disgusted that he had a final two with Sophie and a final two with Shona and a final two with me. And for me, that was too much. I was like, okay, this is this is quite vulgar now. <laughs> There's three of us. So, so have you? Was that the the hardest two days in your life, basically? Um, I, it, it would be, it would be, it would be up there. Yeah, I, I, um, I did lose it. I could see in my eyes that I was quite crazed. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, I could see my that I wasn't fully home. That, that national television aspect, again, you know, kind of, yeah, that's a slight little aspect that, you know, if this had to happen just between friends, you know, on a casual camping trip away, you know, you would have a couple of beers later and, or just never talk to them again. But no, no, we just have to yeah. show this in front of a couple of million people around all of Australia and two random podcast hosts are going to talk about this again 18 years later. Just let it go, everyone. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the worst thing is, 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 is when I watched it, I just – I just did not stop. It was like a pull, vomiting, vomiting, and vomiting, and vomiting. Oh. And it's like, can you stop? That's enough. We get it. Oh, like yeah. now, you're embarrassing yourself. So, but you know, they they didn't. They they just let it go on and on and on and on and on. They could have stopped it and not. Yeah. Was there any bits that they didn't show, like in that period, that got pretty heated? Uh, I'm not sure, and this, this is the other interesting thing. My recollection during that time is very low, mm. and uh, the, it also points to um, some sort of mental deficit. And Joel also was showing that. So, so it was occurring. It's not like we had all our faculties working for us. Was there mm. concern then from the producers, or did the producers at least provide some sort of 
help or pull you aside more in those moments? Because, I mean, they've got two sides to play here. They're knowing this is great television, but surely there's also a duty of care to you where you are deteriorating fast. Surely there's got to be some level of concern there for you. No, I didn't find there was concern. The only level of concern at any stage was um, for my safety was when my body temperature got low during the endurance challenge. And then there was medical intervention. But this was more, actually, in some ways, I felt one producer um, pointed me, very subtly pointed me to a possibility that Rob might not be fully aligned with the the extent of the um, alliance that I thought there was. And she kind of put that, and I I said, oh, no, I'm not concerned about that. and that was one thing I, sh- I wished I had picked up on. But, yeah, no one ever showed concern. And I think it's not like they were encouraging me and winding me up to go more hysterical, but they didn't say, look, do you think you need a diazepam or something? Which, does that, <laughs> looking back on that, I mean, does that concern you? I mean, do you think that would be done differently today when mental health, I guess, in 2020 is, is I guess, more out there in the public eye and, and a lot more... I guess, prominent than it would have been back in 2001. No, it doesn't concern me. And the, the thing, the waivers that you sign at the start are like, you know, you'll know, Matt, it's like you sign away uh, your life and sure. there's no liability. And um, and it didn't concern me either. Like I knew I was losing it, but what could they do? Um, I, I was I was in the game. They couldn't give me any information. I couldn't unpick it and it was driving me crazy. I will say this, Ben. I mean, obviously, to defend the producers and all that, I mean, there's eyes on everyone all the time. So, obviously, if things got completely out of hand, like, obviously, if you had totally lost it and started getting physical with someone, and I'm certainly not yeah. saying that you you were going to do that, but I'm just sort of <laughs> defending the producers. I mean, they're watching the contestants every second of the, of the day. So, I mean, obviously, if things do get to that point where it gets a little bit too far, they would step in. I just just jump in there quickly. I, yeah. again, don't disagree with that. But I think my point also is, too, this is very early days of reality television. And I think the after effects yeah. of what this does to people wasn't really fully understood. There's an article that I'll bring up very soon in which kind of uh, you're interviewed about this. And clearly, we're a lot more focused on the after effects of what reality television can do to people now than we were in 2002. So, I think kind of I would assume this might be done slightly differently in terms of just the duty of care. I I agree with everything, though. I know that kind of you sign your life away and kind of you've got to expect things like that. But, I I mean, I I say that leading into the point that you do have the greatest confessional of all time where you kind of say that maybe you could kill someone. So I I just I don't Mm. know kind of if all of a sudden today they might go, well, hang on a minute, is she serious right now or what's happening here? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's all it is. It was that they didn't know the the damage, and I certainly going into it didn't think that I would deteriorate mentally to that point. And so, on that point, Katie, did you really want to kill one of them? I, I yeah, it was a real option because uh, there were no <laughs> other options. I felt like I had exhausted all the options. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So many follow-ups on that. Um, a, who would it be? B, how would have you done it? No. C, do you think they would have let you get away with it? No, clearly not. But it, it that was killing them. Killing someone was um, 
the only other thing I could have possibly done to get to final two. Yeah. And I'm going to just rewind a little bit because when you lose that 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 last immunity challenge that you were involved in, the walk the walking the plank one, yeah. it was it, it was at that point. Like as soon as you realised that that Rob's won because you you both answered the question wrong, but you were one yeah. step behind him. Further. You, 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 there's there's like a five second, ten second period where I think it, it it's actually at that point you realise the game is over for you, and yeah. you let it like you just your face changes. My face. Yeah, yeah and, and and it says it all. You you didn't even have to say a word in that point. You everything just changed on your face to say like my game is over now. Like and then you jump in the water. But and obviously it was at that point you you did realize that and, and besides killing someone that the game was over for you. It 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 was. I really wanted to win that. I'd visualized virtually all night winning about of winning not knowing what the challenge was. And you could see in Rob's face he he was um, genuinely um, upset that things were working out the way they were working, which was some level of consolation for me when I when I watched it back. But I do remember, you know, I was so skinny and it was cold and the water was going to be cold and I was I was like, um, but still, when I was in the water, I remember thinking, it's not over. I've still got time to talk someone around. Which just makes me like you even more, Katie, because, I mean, we did talk about this in the finale that there were just so many levels of you that clearly you're not going to give up. And I think a lot of people would have just thrown in the towel at that point. But no matter what you were facing at that point, you just you were thinking, you were constantly thinking about how you could get to the end. And whether it's crazy or not, killing someone probably could have worked. It could have worked. But, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, every option was on the table, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying it now. Sophie nearly died from a rogue wave. You could have been like, uh, uh, Rob, uh, can you go get that thing for me on that other? Yeah, just there. No, 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 a little bit to the left. No, just wait a second. Here we go. Just stand there. Oh, wave kill. Oh, sorry, Rob. That, that's a shame. Shona, Rob died. Do you want to work with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was most frustrating at that time was was Joel's um, inability to reason, in, in reason as in to give himself a chance to win. Which what I yeah. loved about when you're having that conversation with him to try and sway him to force that tie, you you turn around and say your your mother and your girlfriend would totally want you to vote with me. I mean, that's clearly like you you know how yeah, to play true. Joel because like Joel's clearly that oh, type yeah. of connection. So was that that's all a deliberate ploy, isn't it, to sway him over to you? Yeah. I Yeah, his mother and his girlfriend, yeah. So I, I'm not surprised I said something like that. <laughs> and it, it, it must make the whole situation a hundred times worse when you're here at your lowest point, one of the lowest points in your life, and and at the same time, you've got to deal with this bloke that's signed up to play a game for a half a million dollars, and he's handing two people the final two yeah. spots, and you're sit there fighting for your life. Like that actually yeah. makes it even worse to deal. And I think a lot of people forget that that not only we're you dealing with your own demons of wanting to win, but you're in a situation where you know you're at the bottom, but to deal with someone else on top of all that, that. Is, is handing a half a million dollars to someone else. That's it. Yeah. That's that's it's mind blowing. It, it was mind blowing. It was infuriating, and it was insulting. And um, I it, it was like talking. 
and I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I shouldn't say. I don't think. It was, I think it was more the, this focus of integrity than he had than, than that he's not a bright guy. Uh, like it actually, because I couldn't get through and he, I couldn't get a rational response out of him. It just made me think of, God, are you really that stupid that you'd come and spend this time here? And, you know, and, and I, like, because it would have been him and me, final two, right? And you would have won. You would so, have shat all over him, surely. Uh, I'd imagine. Oh, but. Yeah, because as I said, he and that was what was also difficult is, you know, uh, just being an idealist. You know, you want you want the most um, worthy winner possible, and and he wasn't. Um, with all due respect to him, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm saying now. When you were voted out, I'm still mourning that. 18 years later, don't worry. You you did turn to the remaining three and you said no hard feelings. Did you uh, mean that? I was being a good sport. I didn't mean it one bit. <laughs> That's the answer I was hoping you'd give me. Perfect. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, no I'm glad feelings, you're honest. Guys. But I've I done enough shouting, enough thing. Let it out now, Katie. Give us your true answer dignity. right now. What do you wish you had said at that point? Go on, let it all out. No. No, <laughs> I, I uh, there'd just be more expletives. As much as my, I've got a reasonable vocabulary, uh, it does descend very quickly as well. So it sound like a cattle farmer or something. That's that's a strange survivor archives for you. But I mean, how Steve? You said mentioned that before. Stephen Peters, when you were voted out, kind of came to you, sort of you know talked you up. What was that night like when you got back? Like, did did you just break down again? Did you just chow down on some food? Do you, do you remember what that night was like when you got back to your room that evening? Yeah, I was starving. I was so hungry. I I binge, I, I binged, um, and because there were donuts and there were strawberries and there was all sorts of things, and I just ate and ate and ate and ate because I was so deprived. Like I didn't I didn't menstruate for six months after the show. Wow. Like that's my body went into shutdown. Wow. In that respect. Yeah. And I just wanted to be clean and I wanted to eat. And after I'd eaten five kilos of food, you know, two hours later, I woke up starving. Yeah. I know in modern day Survivor, as soon as you get voted out, you know, straight away you you, you sit there before anything. You, you sit down um, with the psych and, and they make sure that mentally you're okay. Um, you know, they, you know, obviously everyone reacts different differently to being voted out. So they want to make sure straight away that you're okay. The very next morning when you wake up, they're there again. You sit down with them and you have like a 30-minute interview with them again just to make sure that everything's okay. Did they do that with you? Like was there that that assistance as soon as you got out and the day after? I can't recall that at all, no. Does anyone else recall that? I don't think um, we've asked that to anyone, I, have we? Yeah, Matt? I think Lucinda did mention that um, some people did need. I don't know whether that was in the game though, or once they got back home. But I know it's a big thing now. Like obviously, with myself, I'm a, I'm a first boot, so that's the main thing they were concerned with me was, well, yeah. you know, you're a first boot. You know, you've come all this way only to last a couple of days. Where I was fine. Like I, and they knew they they actually said like they they were like, yep, yeah, no. He's, He's all good, no problem. But I know some people were, were really struggled. One people that lasted a lot longer than than I did yeah. really struggled. But it was good 
the fact that they had someone there to talk about, you know, the what emotions they were going through. You know, like although I didn't need it, um, that's I'm, I'm, you know, I've got different life experience. I'm a police officer. I deal with harsh situations every day. Like for me, it was just another thing I had to deal with. Where a lot of other people, that's- they don't have that in their life. So. You know, no, so I, that's a very I, advanced and sophisticated response of yours. I would say ninety-eight percent of people would be very impacted. Yeah, but that that level of um, being able to comprehend that the way that you did is very advanced. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you'd need someone there, but I, I can't recall, and I could be wrong that anybody coming and making sure. Um, but I was offered um, psychological assistance. Um, at any time, by Channel Nine. Did you well, did you accept it? Uh, yeah, I, I I had I saw I can't remember if they paid for it or if I paid for it, but I I had to get help. Yeah. Mm. Did you? And I kind of probably know the answer to this. Did you always go into that final tribal knowing you were going to vote for Shona? Um. Yeah, because and I think I said it, and I would say it again that I can't reward Rob for his performance. Uh, yeah, even though he he was the best player, I couldn't reward him for it. It was disgusting to me. In hindsight, I mean, you might have just answered my question, but if you could vote with perspective now, would you have changed that? Would have you voted for Rob over Shona? No. Still, Shona still gets yeah, it. He was. Yeah, sure. I, and not out of spite, but just because I, I, d- I don't like the way um, he played the three women. I, that um, offends me. Talking about being offended, that that final challenge that you, as a jury member, by that stage you got to watch on. It was a very uh, we, we, Ben and I had a debate on our on our final recap episode. Um, about that last challenge, was it was it a fitting final immunity challenge? Like you had to guess, yeah. you know, work out what no. thirty eight minutes was. If if you were in that final three and that was the final challenge for you to get yourself to the end, would you have been dirty that that was the final challenge? Ben kind of, I'll give you, I'll let you know now. Ben kind of defended that challenge. I was a bit dirty on it, to be honest. I think for a final final challenge, they could have come up with something a little bit better than trying to have a guess of when 38 minutes came up. Yeah, they had to make fire. Yeah. Is that right? Make and make fire and then hang up the lantern as soon as they thought it was 38 minutes. So so Joel yeah. handed he put his up at about nine minutes thirty, knowing that like it was way off because he was uh, giving in. What a dick. Uh, yeah. I think I think Rob 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 <laughs> put it up at, at about 32 minutes and 20 seconds. And then Shona actually didn't put it up. She went to the about 46 minute mark. And then Lincoln actually called it because by that stage, obviously, she had gone too far over and Rob was the winner. But it just, I don't know, like it, it, you're a competitor, Katie. If you were in that final mm. three, would you have been thinking like, what is what is this challenge? Yeah, it was a bit weird, right? And it's frankly not very interesting and didn't require um, any physical or skill. But I must say I was, I remember thinking because um, uh I'd worked so much on time and timing of uh, running and, and swimming and cycling in particular. Like I, if if I had to, if the coach said I need you to hold one sixteens on the hundred and come around every one sixteen, I could do that. 
over and over again. So I had a very strong sense of time and I thought, oh, shit, I'd be good at this. Um, but I did think it was a weak challenge, yeah. One thing quickly to defend myself, Matt Dyson. Yes, I did defend the challenge, but I think you did sway me on the fact that it was a bad final challenge. I will just say True. that quickly. Um, but you, when you voted out, you said you, you still got them two days. I mean, you make it to day 37. You're only two days away from the end. So what was those, what were those two days like before the final trial? I, I can't imagine, given everything that you went through over those couple of days before you were voted out, that having to spend another two days in a, in a hotel room seeing a stupid challenge and then having to go face all these people who have just betrayed you a couple of days before, that, that wouldn't have been a very fun two days to end your experience out there. Yeah, I was reeling. I was uh, trying to work out what else I could have done. Where did I go wrong? Why didn't I see it earlier? So all the um, uh, questions and, and level level of remorse was high. But uh, also um, it was such a relief to be in a bed and in a bath. And um, so the, it, was a, it was mixed. And also I, I knew I'd done well, but, yeah, uh, it was mainly um, reeling between anger and um, frustration with myself that that I wasn't better than that. A couple of what-if scenarios here. We, we've played this with a lot of the jury members about who they would have voted for in a different situation. Now, I just want to quickly put this into context for people who are listening to this in chronological order. Clearly, this interview is going to air after our Sophie interview, but at the time of recording this, we haven't interviewed Sophie, so we don't actually have an answer for a deadlock vote. We've actually got... We've been asking most people who they would have voted for if it was Rob and yourself at the end, and at the time of recording oh. this... The four jury members that we have interviewed, it's a 2-2 split. So Craig oh. and Lance said they would have voted for you. Jane and Naomi oh. would have voted for Rob. So Sophie oh. is potentially a, a deadlock vote here, and then we're going to find out from Shona what she's going to think. But had it been Shona and Joel, does Shona still get your vote at the end? Absolutely, yeah. Well, you just made Shona a, a half a millionaire right there because that's now 4-1 versus uh, her and Joel. Only Lance has voted for Joel in that one. But here's one for you. What if it's Rob and Joel at the end? Um, it, even though it was, I, I found Rob's thing despicable and, and I won't repeat it, but with the three women, um. He's much more deserving than Joel, so I would have reluctantly voted for Rob. There you go. That's that's one that we haven't really put out there to many people, but where I feel that was an, an appropriate one for you there. Yeah, well, after, after it was wrapped, yeah. uh, when kind of you know Lincoln's gone off, the votes will be read later on, and there's I guess a sort of a some sort of rap party or something. Do you have a chance to talk to Rob at that point? At what point do you finally get to kind of chat with Rob and talk it all out? Um. I think we were instructed not to contact each other at all until final episode. That was part of the agreement and the contract, I think, because they didn't want people trying to work out who won. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it would have been final episode and then I think he and I got together for a coffee afterwards and then he helped me make a small video reel because he was in docos and video and stuff. Yeah, but because I'm a little bit socially inept, I, uh, there's some sort of deficit to me keeping in contact with people and that's historical. 
that, yeah, I never really kept in contact with anybody. So, so, but just to clarify, you did clear the air with Rob though, so things became good with you after the game? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I blamed myself more than him. I turned the blame from um, what initial blame was to him and then um, uh, the blame became more intrinsic. I, I, I messed it up. Yeah. Was that from just talking to Rob after the game or was that was that as you watched the game unfold on TV and you're seeing you're you're seeing how you yeah. were playing, how he was playing, that obviously he made it clear you see on TV that he made a deal with Shona from day one. Um I don't yeah. know if you were aware of that. You probably obviously weren't aware of aware of that at the time of playing the game, but as you watch the show go on, it, it, did that sort of help you forgive Rob in a way? Yeah, because I saw um, his game was more sophisticated than mine. Mine was uh, idealistic and um, I didn't have contingencies running and he did and that was what was required. And then I I blame myself that I didn't watch the other two survivors very closely and um, I think that was – that was – that was the biggest mistake. I didn't understand the game well enough. Well, for someone who didn't understand the game well enough, you did bloody <laughs> well at it. Can I just say that? I, I mentioned before uh, I found an article online from The Age. Uh, it was published in about 2003 and it was just basically an article at that point really starting to delve into people's sort of outside of the reality bubble experience and kind of the the, the bad things were happening. Because as I said before, this was kind of still very new. People weren't really familiar with what was happening. And, I mean, it was pretty hard to read, Katie. I mean, you talked about getting hate mail. You were heckled in bars. You even mentioned about getting a, you know, a job interview where a guy flat out told you to your face that you gave yeah. him the shits. And you, you talked about having some pretty – bad depression, not being able to sleep. when it, I mean, I don't want to bring all this up for you if you've kind of, you know, long moved no, on. But, I mean, no. I can't imagine that you had a very good time outside of the show, it seems. I mean, just how how bad was it after the show and, and how did it – what did it take for you to kind of move on past everything that happened post-show? Yeah, it was a bad, bad. Well, I was very down. I was um, – I won't say – I was I was also down in combination because of I was still grieving my um, back situation and athletic career that had looked like it was um, totally over, um, and then this and and the hatred to to be hated by so many people is very very painful and it um, uh, it lose a lot of self um, esteem from that. And, and I remember because I, I I tried to start playing a bit of nipple again, just, you know, like at state league level, um, nursing my back, of course. But I remember having to leave training sessions because I was inconsolable with tears that just wouldn't stop. Uh, and, and I remember the coach actually made me stay one session, even though I just cried and cried and cried the whole time. Yeah, so it was it was. It was involuntary, deep sadness. Yeah, and I think that that's one thing that the fans of the show and anyone that hasn't played the game doesn't fully appreciate. You know, like 
for them, they watch the season, the game's over, they move on. You know, they move on to the next Survivor season. But for the people who play the game, it never goes away. Like the thought of, you know, and especially for you, you lasted such a long time in the game. But people don't realize that, and this, a lot of players, this happens to that the game doesn't just end when you get voted off. You know, it doesn't just end yeah. when the game's over. You know, there's so much you've got to you've got to deal with in life afterwards, and it is hard. Like Katie, and 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 it, you know, even for me, like you know, I certainly didn't last anywhere in, as long as you did, but it, it's still hard. Like it's still you do still have those what if moments, and and oh, yeah. you know, the the criticism. I copped a lot of criticism. You know, and it, yes, it does go away eventually, but you know, for people, you you, you still do always sit back and think. You know, it, it never goes away. What could I have done differently? So, you know, I do I do understand what you would have been going through. Yeah, there's an aftermath, right? And um and I don't know, like it'd be interesting to um to canvas everybody that's ever done it. And I think there would be some common themes of yeah. a uh, and post-traumatic stress being being one of them, anxiety and dreams and um, uh, and fear of being like, a, you know, I'd go for a run and people would throw things out their car at me. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And God, they hate me that much. Yeah. How long did that Not last? Like, How long did it, that last for? Uh, that will have lasted maybe 12 months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And there's nothing that you could have prepared for that to happen. Like before the show. I didn't expect, yeah. No, exactly. Like that's no. when you sign up for a show like Survivor, you're in such a high thinking this is going to be, you yeah. know, the Correct. greatest experience of my life. And for a lot of people it is. And and you have some of the highest moments in your life. Like you've got on this reality show that you want to get on. You get to go out and play the game. But there's there's a lot of the lowest points in life, in your life that you'll have as a result of playing Survivor, you know. So, but to hear that it lasted twelve months, like that—that's incredible. Like that, people were still yeah, so passionate. Yeah, yeah, like wow. Like you know, at what point do people need they move on with their life? Like you—you you were just a character yeah. on a show that was trying to play and win a half a million dollars. Yeah, and and even a, a couple of years later, it'd be like, oh yeah, you put that bitch that did this or you're that bitch that said that and like oh yeah that you remember that that's good so but yeah it was yeah and my friends thought it was like sometimes because it was male email um and people would email and there'd be hateful messages on it and my friends would laugh and I, I'd get to about the sixth one and say you know what it's, it's not funny it's awful and even people saying oh you know you call yourself a national athlete, you're a national disgrace, and you know, yeah. and even pulling apart and disparaging my things that I, I I'd worked very hard at. Was was that job yeah. interview? You didn't get that job, right? You know, this isn't your company you still work for nowadays or anything, is it? Oh God, no! I can't even recall who that was, and I'm sure it happened. I was going to say name and shame be- them. <laughs> no, but even if I was on the phone to. Uh, Telstra or something, they say, gee, I recognise your voice. Where do I know you from? Well, wow. you, you do have a very distinctive voice, Katie. That's one thing about you. You have a very dis- – but there must have been some fans as well, surely. I mean, we're fans of you, Katie. We can't be the only two Katie Gold fans on this on, on this planet. 
Well, um, and I don't know if you looked on the because there was a um, a fan portal on the Channel Nine website, and I had two percent popularity. So better than one percent. That was represent. Representative. <laughs> wow. Only 2%. I guarantee 2%. you that's double the popularity Matt Dyson had on his season. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's, it's oh, one yeah. thing I will say, though, in that, that same article, actually, they, they did interview Rob, and, and Rob talked about some similar dark moments afterwards. I mean, it's clearly something that mm. I guess affects and people on different levels. And he dark moments. Yeah, no, he yeah. talked a lot about, um, you know, dealing with psychiatrists and kind of having to cope with the emotional aftereffect of the game. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of surprising to hear that kind of, you know, Rob obviously had some moments after the show as well. Yeah, I think he's a sensitive, um, and I speak about him in the present tense, but I think he is a sensitive person. Yeah, like uh, he's kind and he's sensitive and he's warm. Um, so I think because he had to be quite calculating and, and callous in, in a couple of ways, I think um, that that would have been difficult for him. And, and he, he said, was apologetic, I must say. Yeah. Well, he says here. Sounds like he had no, yeah. It was, he, he mentions here that it says, despite pocketing the winnings, the price of victory was steep, leaving Dixon a psychological mess. On his way home to see his wife and child, he broke down at the airport. I was just a dribbling mess, he says. I don't know how I would have mm. coped had I lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially because he'd taken a mental beating from me. Yeah. <laughs> just telling exactly what he what Yeah, he, we, we what mentioned a few was. of those names before, I think. But, I mean... Don't want to completely bring this down into a complete doldrums and we will move on, but do you remember where you were when you heard about Rob's passing and kind of your reaction when you did hear about him sadly dying? Yeah, I don't remember where I was, but I do remember my initial reaction and that was um, uh, shock and disbelief and sadness. And then when I read that it was Zimbabwe and that he was doing a documentary over there, I immediately went to um, assassination. That's what I went to because I don't, I mean, it just sounded a bit off. I just thought it was so unreal that something, because of the nature of those countries, because he was going to expose the wrongdoings of yeah, so but and that I was just looking for an answer, it just didn't seem right. And you mentioned that you sort of, uh, you know, you sort of patched things up but didn't necessarily stay in contact. Do you remember the last time you ever sort of spoke or saw Rob? Yeah, I think it was when um, I went to his studio and he'd kindly put together a compilation tape for me for nothing. Uh, that was really nice. Now, yeah, we'll so. move on to some lighter things. The Logies. You went to the Logies in a fantastic dress made of buffs. (laughs) Whose idea was that? Was that your idea? Did Channel 9 make you do it? Yeah, it was Channel 9 and it was a stunt dress to um, get in as many publications as possible to promote the show. The show was still on. and um, uh, But it somewhat backfired because all the publications – Pinned me as the worst dressed on the night. <laughs> oh, wasn't TV I'm week, sorry. was it? That rag. <laughs> I know. Who so, weekly? 
Because, you know, you get- and I, I got jailed, like, because some people were getting fined for what they wore, so you got fined, and I got a life sentence for what I wore. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get to keep it? Uh, I, no, I gave it back. I had to give it back to wardrobe, yeah. Oh, oh no. Stingy Channel yeah. 9. Come on now. Yeah. Bloody hell, you, know, you that, at least that, could have kept that, it. That would probably be sitting in a box somewhere now and probably never to be opened in 50 years' time. But it's a shame that they didn't, yeah, that they didn't let you get to keep it. No, I know. Uh, it was it was nice to be there. Um, I was the only person that went. They only had one seat for the show, so I was really lucky to go. But I got booed when I came out on the red carpet. Oh, jeez, these people uh, are morons. Was, Come you know, on, this is so an Australian so style of legend. <laughs> I know, I was so excited. I had my hair done. I bought some really beautiful shoes and, and I stepped out of the car and I got booed. <laughs> wow, jeez. Well, what, oh, speaking of publications, yeah. though, Katie, uh, we've already talked to Craig about this, but you also did happen to appear in another one. You were in uh, Who magazine as one of the top most beautiful people of 2002. I just happened to have your article here. I'm looking here saying no, that no. Uh, Gold made oh. a few enemies on the Survivor set with a forthright manner and determined attitude, but back in the real world, <laughs> world men are queuing up for a chance to go out with her. What, what was it like being in Who magazine's 50 most beautiful people? Well, uh Obviously, it's a farce, um, and <laughs> it it's, it was Channel Nine promoting their people. So uh, I knew that's all it was, and uh, yeah, it was totally unexpected. I was quite embarrassed about it, um, and um, I didn't like the photo. I thought they chose uh, the wrong photo. There were other much nicer photos. Did so they take that? Was that should've... like a photo shoot, or did you just have to submit something? No, it was a photo shoot and it was really difficult because it was in August and it was in Melbourne and it was cold and they had me in a um, a little baby bath, a baby pool, just to get water and the water was cold and so, like, it was very difficult to put on a sexy expression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at that anyway. And then when, you know, it's six degrees, I've got no body fat. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Hard case, but, uh, they, and uh, yeah, they, I thought I looked like I didn't even look like myself. But Did you get much opportunities like we're, we're from other, like not just magazines, but you know, outside of the game afterwards? Obviously, it was it was um, the the big show at the time. It didn't yeah. have this. It didn't live up to that success that they were hoping no. it was going to be. But did you get yeah. other opportunities? Yeah, I got wheeled out a few places. Virgin Music was very big at the time, so I went to a couple of their openings, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne, and I spoke to Richard Branson on both occasions um, because he wanted to talk to the Survivor Girl because he likes doing adventurous things. Wow. So I did that and I ended up um, giving him a couple of PT sessions as well from that. That was funny. That was probably the highlight, and I, I, I went. I think I went on Bert, and I went on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, highlight of your life, going on Bert. There you go. I was a Carrie Ann Kennedy. I can't remember. Oh, either. <laughs> Icons of the of the silver screen, Bert and Carrie. Yeah, yeah. Did exactly. you get to meet Ben Dark? Exactly. That would have been the trifecta. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, and but I did a little bit of. Um, Speaking to like you know overcoming adversity and 
um, just about Survivor. And, and what was really wonderful is with the Victorian Institute of Sport, they got me to um, talk to the schools about, um, yeah, to, to bed the kids about challenge and adversity and depression and everything. It was really good. Well, yeah. Katie, we always like to uh, embarrass people further by bringing up uh, the official handbook. Now, this isn't a video interview, so people at oh. home aren't going to see this, but I just want to show you this photo of you just on the screen right now. There you are in the uh, official yeah. handbook. Look at you there, looking fantastic. Yeah. But a couple of things that I like to just point out here. Now, your luxury item, a French language manual. Tell us about that. Yeah. The level of stupidity, I don't know. I think it was just for me to pass time because I only had schoolgirl French, you know, up to year 12, and I, 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 it'd been something that I just wanted to continue to improve. And I took, I would have taken an eye mask. Did I take an eye mask? Because uh, I don't, I'm very it, photosensitive. It does. And I, it says I French language manual and a waterproof light. trench coat as your purse. It doesn't say anything about an eye mask. Oh, no, that's not true. No, it was an eye mask and the French thing, just because I thought in the downtime I'd brush up on my French. And did you? Did you? Like, and were you ashamed that you weren't on with David Haas because he's native French? He was born in France. So he could have worked with David on the other oh. tribe. Oh, I didn't know that. I would have loved to. Uh, no, I, I don't think I had the time or energy for it. I probably used it in the fire. <laughs> That's what you were writing your list on. I also love here your favourite game, Piggy in the Middle. You still enjoy a bit of Piggy in the Middle every now and then? <laughs> is that for real? It is for um, real. <laughs> it, it is a fun game. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, I Especially also in the pool. <laughs> that actually, yeah, it was, it was extra fun with the water involved. I do like here your yeah. uh, answer to the question, what would be the craziest, wildest thing you would do for a lot of money? Your answer, how much? You say jump, I say how high. <laughs> oh, so very cavalier uh, young lady, I think. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, how much? What do you want me to do? Um, that's, yeah, that's a tip. That I, that's a response I would have made. Just while we're on the topic of money, actually, it brings up a question I wanted to ask you, Katie. You say in the show that you basically at the time you had like $300 to your name and, yeah. and that, that must have been a big factor for you of wanting to win too, like $500,000 for a 24-year-old. That's pretty big. Oh, yeah. And it is when when you're um, training and racing full-time and there's not much money in women's sport or in, mm. in netball or triathlon, it's like it's like you're um, a poor destitute artist, you know. You just you're trying to you're flogging off all your art. No one wants to buy it. Um, and you know, I, I would have been. I shouldn't say this, but we were we were all all the triathletes in our squad. We were called us on Johnny Howard's triathlon squad, and we we were on Centrelink benefits. You know, yeah. pretending yeah. to go. For jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you is insane. Do so much training, because I mean, yeah. what? so much training, you got no time. Yeah, you were you were just in the Olympics, two thousand. Obviously, Michaela Jones had won what, like a silver medal in Sydney. Uh, did we not? Didn't yeah. um, was it Beijing or Athens that uh, we got our first gold in triathlon? So I mean, we were very good in triathlon. It's like it's weird to yeah. think that there wasn't MS much money Snowfall. in that. No, no, you're like in the um, national races, you might pick up a few hundred or a couple of grand, 
and you had to give, you know, 10 or 20% of that to your coach and um, and that doesn't last five minutes anyway and, and you don't have the, the strength because you're doing, you know, 30 hours a week of training and the rest of the time you have to either see physicians to pull keep your injuries together or you need to be resting so you can recover for the next session. It's a, it's a good point you make. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, you, you couldn't have been doing a 40-hour week at work and still expect it, expected to uh, to train at the high level to get to, to where you wanted to. So, yeah, I guess having to do the old dole and, and pretending like you're going for jobs, yeah, so you could try to be at your best, you know, for the triathlons. I never really thought of it like that, but, um, yeah, that, that's very interesting. If the ones that people that don't go pro, they can't make it because they they don't recover well enough between sessions. Like you know, you're doing six or eight k in the morning, um, and then maybe weights or whatever at lunchtime and a run or a ninety k ride in the afternoon, and you're in bed by eight o'clock because you're mm. gone. How close did you come to making the Olympics? Oh, not not close. I was because I. I was uh, at the Australian Institute of Sport until 20, and while I was there, um, uh, the Australian triathlon team came, and Nepal is a um, it's a team sport. It, it it's a fun sport to play, and I was more serious and intense than that. And because I had a VO2, I don't know if you're familiar with the beep test, but oh yeah. We, I always had to do the beep test, and I was like a 15-9 beep test, which I'm not sure if that record has been broken. <sighs> I don't think I ever got yeah. to a 5-9. You animal. My, wow. <laughs> my, my best was 11-3 ele- was my best at the beep test. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was, I I was fit I was fit back in the day, uh, Katie. Yeah. Might, don't, don't look at me now. I'm different now. I've been a copper for 12 years, but... Yeah, oh, back yeah. in the day, I was a bit, but I could have yeah. fifteen nine. I, wow. I think the yeah. Brisbane Lions, some of the like Ackermanis and that, and the Brisbane Lions, like they would get yeah. to similar. Like that was that's very high. Well, when I was uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, I was at the Victorian Institute of Sport, and we used to train where North Melbourne football team trained, and we would occasionally go up against them in the beep test, uh, and I would beat all of them. Wow, they didn't like it. And very afterwards, much. Wayne Carey tried to sleep with you. Oh no, he didn't. Oh, you were the only one then. Was uh. that a joke? Yeah, yeah, that was a, correct. I know, but this is me. I would, I would, I wouldn't go out with them. All the other girls in the team would, but because I was so serious, I never went out. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't so, remember what. It, yeah. So, Katie, you, think, you talk about how you know you you didn't go out a lot and and sort of you were a bit of a quiet person. Um, you know, you, you said a bit earlier, a bit socially inept, uh, you know, and, and, but so for you after the show, when, when it was all over, did you actually, I know you said you kept in contact with Rob a little bit and stuff, but, but, you know, after that first 12 months, when, when it's over, everyone moves on as, with their lives, did you actually keep in contact with everyone? Cause we're finding a lot of people didn't Lance kept in contact with most people or, you know, at least had contact details for people, but Otherwise, we find that people haven't spoken to each other for 18 years. Yeah, quite a strange, yeah. And I'm not surprised because Lance is so kind and warm and genuine that, that he, uh, yeah, he's the only one who's ever read. Like, you know, I might get a, a message every now and then and say, Katie, how are you just thinking of you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, 
Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, no. So, and I don't find that unusual. I find it because, you know, you people from all walks of life, you don't necessarily have anything in common. Yeah. And we did have one catch up, I think 12 months down the road. And I must say, I just felt very awkward there in that. Yeah. And not because the, the people aren't nice, but just because I felt awkward. Yeah. We look forward to uh, the reunion then in about uh, eighteen months' time. Then, if we can uh, drag you back out to Whalers Way to uh, yeah to to get a good catch up with uh, some of these people, then oh my god, <laughs> really? You really want to have it in Whalers Way? Absolutely. It hasn't been visited since two thousand and one. Someone's got to go there again. <laughs> no, that fly blown shit off. <laughs> funnily enough, I, I think that's on the uh, tourism campaign. Come to this fly blown shithole. We filmed Survive here. Remember it? It's quite pretty, but honestly. Oh. What about mem- memorabilia from the show, Katie? We, we've seen some, oh, I mean, Craig had a whole, a whole box of stuff. Lance, we've seen mm. recently. He, he's yeah. Well, we, we've actually heard some some great stories about memorabilia that people kept from the show. So, what what about yourself? Did, uh, is there anything you kept? But yes, that's that's my problem. I, I I'm I'm not that sentimental, and I regret it because I, I had a lot of things to keep. Um, no, I've only got a couple of buffs left. Were you, were you given it. anything? I know some players were given items from challenges like the things you read out or just some of the things that were used uh, in reward and immunity we, we, we did production give you any of those items oh i might have had one little piece of leather with something on it but it's it's long gone uh, and that's that's i suppose part of that is um i failed and and then the show wasn't a success and and that i felt that it was uh i don't know maybe irrelevant or but but the, I think um again that's probably and I, I've said shame a couple of times that there's a lot of I've got a lot of uh, shame wrapped up in in my co- athletic career and then not having one when I felt that I, I could have or should have um and yeah I suppose I uh, well on that one of my biggest beefs that I've had in recapping this season, Katie, is with Channel 10 and it is with the fact that All Stars existed yet you were mm. not in that conversation to come back for All Stars. Now, you mentioned about kind of having that sort of feeling, you know, you didn't win. You've never even been given that opportunity to come back and try and win again. How was it when you found out that there was an all-star season of Australian Survivor happening and that that you're not in the conversation, that you, I mean, confirm to us now, you didn't get a phone call. First of all, just answer that, you didn't get a phone call. Yeah, the, I can't confirm there was no phone call. There was okay. no invitation. Right. So Guy no Leach might be lying here. We don't know. Otherwise, Channel 10 is stupid that they didn't consider your season. But was that upsetting to think that there's an all-star season of Australian Survivor and that, not just necessarily you, but your season aren't considered to have returning players come back because, again, of all the people, your name should be on top of that list of potential returning players for Australian Survivor. Yeah, I thought it delegitimised the the um, the concept because it isn't truly an all-star. It's a, an all-star of this section and that's it. Um, and if they're comfortable with that, then so be it. But when I saw you know, a few of the 
contestants or the the competitors out there, I thought, gee, they're not really all-stars. So you would play again, I'm guessing, if that phone call did come? Yeah, it would be very difficult to, to not to play. Yeah, and especially now that I've got 20 years on me. Um, I think that could really help. <laughs> have you have you changed a lot, though? Uh, you know, like I think I could just from talking to you, Katie, I know you, you clearly now, like you've still got that will to win. That will never go away. Like you will have that till the day you die. Like would do you think you'd end up playing differently or would it just, would it, would it be the same sort of game? Uh, uh, but the game's evolved. It's so much more sophisticated now. I'd have to play differently. Yeah. Okay. And then that's what you do. If you get a second chance, you, you know, you try to cover up your mistakes and you're more aware of all the um, pitfalls and stuff. W- would you search for idols, hidden immunity idols? All day. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. How, ben, yeah. how, seriously, Ben, let, let, let's cut the shit. How did Katie not get the phone call? Like, I'm going to say this, Katie. Like, I played on the Channel 10 season. I love, look, I love what Channel 10 have done. They've revamped, they've revamped Australian Survivor into this massive show right now. So, and, and they gave me a chance to be a part of it. So, for that, yeah. I'll be forever grateful. I love what they do. I will say this though, it, it is a blight on the game of Survivor that you did not get to a chance to play a game. And that's because you are one of the greatest players this this game has ever seen. Like so it is to me, although and and the fans, not just the fans, but the fans of the show and Survivor itself is 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 worse off for it for not having you play a current day Survivor. Yeah. That's very generous. Um, thank you. And I, it is a shame because uh, I can see, and I can see with the other players that there are many elements of the game that they frankly don't bring that that I have, and without even trying. Um, and it's it's just that um, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I thought that a couple of the blokes were, and you know what, everyone was wonderful, but. Yeah, you know, because I, I really think that I should be um, eligible mm. to be in it. And without eligibility, um, I think, it, and even even just bringing back something from the past, a different perspective, yeah, yeah would be, I think, quite interesting. And well, no baggage with anyone yeah. there. Well, as yeah. we've kind of discovered and we've talked about in the last few episodes is that it has been revealed at least you know from this person's mouth guy leach who of course won season two the celebrity version that followed yours before channel 10 did it he was on a new podcast that the golden god david janat has hosted where they talked a lot about survivor and and guy leach said he claimed that he was contacted by channel 10 to potentially appear on all stars so this is what we're trying to get to the bottom of if channel 10 are considering that season why the fuck are they not considering your season and bringing you back? Because I've said this on the show, Mm. if Rob was still alive, I can't imagine Rob is going to be sitting there quietly saying, hey, hello, who won the very first season? Because Peter, his brother, he he openly talks about, well, this is bullshit. This isn't All-Stars. Rob was an original winner. He's the true great. So I can't imagine Rob would be sitting down quietly taking this. So it's frustrating. Hashtag bring back Katie Gold. Yeah, hashtag it's and it's. I think they they could have the decency to hear the case 
um, but I think we, I, I certainly learned about it too late. It seemed like it was already uh, a going concern before I knew that they were doing it. What, just quickly, you, I mean, I, I know you don't sort of watch it religiously, but I know you've obviously caught up on a few things when we've had you on the Oz Network and you must have caught some of the other ones recently. What is your quick viewpoint on, on the Channel 10 version? Oh, I love it. It's exceptional. It's very high quality. It's engaging. There's some things that get a bit tedious, um, but uh, I think um, Paglia is a wonderful host. Uh, he's cool and interesting, and um, and the contestant, the, the the casting has been really, really good. Yeah, I really think it's wonderful. So, so what's your what's your thoughts about people now getting voted out, getting the chance to come back? Um, uh, uh, episodes where they're non-elimination. Yeah, and that's that's where that's what they kind of somewhat tried to fiddle with in ours, but didn't get away with. But I I often think, oh, what's the strategy behind that from the production point of view? Um, but I, I like it. It adds a level of intrigue, and it also creates uh, fractions because um, you know. People are voted out by someone they didn't expect, and they come back. And <laughs> I like it. And just for the record, Katie, I'm I'm not only am I all, all for you playing again. I want them to wheel out Shona at 70 years of age and, and give her another crack too. Wow! And have you been in contact with her? Yeah, we have, and um, yeah, she's going to come on the show. So still, we're, we're- uh, very, very sharp and very. Oh yeah, I've spoken to her on the phone, and uh, it's it's Shona Brown, all right. Uh, she hasn't changed. Oh, and yeah. honestly, if there's anyone in in this country that could play at seventy years of age, it would be Shona Brown. I believe you. Uh, yeah. She was so strong. Her stamina out there was um, even at virtually fifty, and I was half her age. I just, I was very blown away and impressed. She's a has a very strong constitution, a very bright mind. You briefly touched on this in, in your answer to when we're bringing up the travesty of you not even getting a phone call to come back for All Stars, but I always like yeah. to kind of have this as one of the, the two final questions. The legacy of your season, Katie, you know, the fact that it kind of gets forgotten about in, in the history of this show, I mean, does that upset you to think that a lot of people just ignore your season? I mean, you suffered so much, more so than probably anyone on your season. The fact that people want to ignore it existed just because they didn't like it. I mean, what should the legacy be of your season and should people be paying more attention and remembering your season? Um, yeah, I think our season appears to be harder than any of the other seasons that I've seen from, from a, a lack of nutrition perspective and a weather perspective. Um, I I don't think it should be invalidated. I I think it should be um, I think it should be respected for the being the first one, and in it and that we, we, all things considered, um, and they improved as the show went on. The producers, the the people putting it together, um, and it I I think it 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 became quite an interesting story. In in the last perhaps last third of it, and and I think that people are too quick to criticize, and I think the people that did build the show and create the show, uh, they worked so hard, 
but um, naturally there were things that they overlooked and there were things that they could have done better just like anything. So uh, I think it's unfortunate that people would poo-poo it the way they, they have. And um, I think people should be more forgiving. Perfect summary that they poo-poo it. I love that. That's fantastic. Katie, before we let you go, <laughs> give us an update on, on Katie Gold. What, what's what's happening in your life? What, what's what been happening over the last 18 years? Uh, anything oh, exciting going on in the world of Katie Gold right now? Um. Yeah, well, the last 18 years have been, um, you know, getting a haircut and getting a real job. And that's, <laughs> that's, been, that's been really hard for me because, uh, and my mother used to say when I was younger, it's like, you have no idea what real life is like. All you do is train <laughs> and think and play. <laughs> and she was right. It was a big shock. Yep. Um, so uh, there was a long time of adjustment. And, um, uh, yeah, but I get there, I, I run my own consulting, marketing consulting um, firm and I'm reasonably good at it and I like my clients and um, uh, currently eight months pregnant, uh, which was, thank you. It's been a long time coming. It's taken two years of IVF and a lot of money, uh, but I just um, couldn't, haven't found Mr. Uh, Right, I've had a few wonderful relationships that have formed through, and I felt like I fell through the cracks a bit. And then you just have to say, "Well, maybe I can't get the man, but I'd still at the moment, but I still need to have a family." So, um, yeah, and it's uh, doing that. Uh, where has um, like I'd rather do Survivor. Like it, it's been really hard. Yeah. And you know, heartbreak and miscarriages and injections and um, crying on the kitchen floor by yourself, type thing. So uh, it has been really hard, but um, I'm almost there. So and uh, the little um, girl, I'm having a girl, and she's very, very active. And I was a very active little girl, and I would never walk properly I'd skip or dance or jump or something and um, my father is telling me I'm getting my comeuppance back (laughs) (laughs) parents do that yeah yeah if survivor is still around in 18 years time I really help I really hope that that your girl applies for survivor because the 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 thought of seeing if you're never going to get the chance to play again Katie the thought of your daughter playing and playing possibly even harder than you did would just be an absolute treat. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah, I think she'll be a little go-getter. She's really pushing me around <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I was going to suggest you could call it Ben, uh, but bugger it, you still call it Ben. It's 2020. <laughs> ben can be, it doesn't matter what gender you are, right? Just, you know, use no, it however you like. it doesn't. Gender fluid. All well, I, have to, I have to say, Katie, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I admire you so much for your game of Survivor and I admire you so much as a person for, for going through what you're going through right now to kind of take that step and, and take that leap into motherhood. Uh, I mean, 
so many <laughs> layers you. to you that just again, fuck you, Channel Ten. Yeah, I said it, Matt. I said it. I, I apologized the other week for getting so angry at Channel Ten, but I'm doing it now, right now, because you're just such an incredible human being who really just a uh, story needs to be told more. Uh, we, we hope we've been able to sit down with you here mm-hmm. today and have you speak your mind after all these years and not necessarily come up with some bad memories that you maybe didn't want to kind of go over. But uh, I, I know I, I have got a reputation for sucking up to my guests on my show. I, I don't hold back in apologising for that this episode because every word I have said tonight, I, I mean it. I am I am your biggest fan, Katie. You you are an all-time great of Australian Survivor and uh, it is always an honour to chat to you. And I will say thank you so much for joining us here because it has been a pleasure hearing all of these stories and more. Wow. Thank and you so much, Ben. Please, uh, I don't I don't know if I can beat what Ben just said, but the, the the one thing I will say, Katie, like, well, besides that, I love watching you play the game of Survivor. It's a game that I fell in love with at a very early age. And, and it's players like you that that I love the game so much that although I, I, I didn't get on your season, which I did apply for, by the way, I'm not sure if you're aware aware of that, but but I I still had enough love to to apply for it many years later. But and and it's for players like you that 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 kept that love of the game and constantly wanting to watch it. So I thank you for that. And and another thing I'll say is that I know that just from even talking to you and watching you that you give everything in life 100%. You, you give everything you've got into what you're trying to achieve. So to hear that you're eight months pregnant, I, I know that you're going to, you're going to be a great mother and you're going to, this new step in your, in your life, you're going to give a hundred percent. Well, wow. You guys, you're so kind. Thank you. And I'm very humbled and a little bit embarrassed, but um, it means a lot to me. Thanks for witnessing what I did and for appreciating it because not everyone did. As well, 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 if you want to kind of, yeah. you know, cut down all this kind of, you know, positivity right now, call us some names right now. Get it off your chest. Come on. Give us some, give us some names here, Katie. Close it off perfectly. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you've got to wind me up a bit for that. Well, I suppose not that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking an interest. I really appreciate it. Wow, Matt. Wow. There we go. Um, Jane was queen. Uh, what? What? What is Katie? The the ruler of the world? Uh, I I don't know. Um, wow. I'm happy with the title ruler of the world. Yeah. Look, she's an incredible person. I we we knew this coming in um, before interviewing Katie that she's incredible and. You know, she's even more incredible um, than what we even thought. I mean, such a such a great player and such a great person, you know. And uh, she was very open with us, Ben. Like, I think, um, you know, she's probably been the most open in any of the contestants we've had so far. And, you know, to hear that, um, you know, she, she did struggle a lot after the game with a lot of the hate and stuff, which, which I really don't understand why people were like that because, you know, um, she really is one of the greats of the game. Yeah. And it... <sighs> How Channel Ten can't see that? Oh, don't get me started. You're absolutely right, and yeah, I I really do thank Katie for her time and and coming on here, particularly the fact too, eight months pregnant to be able to sit there for for nearly three hours to kind of go over something that happened nearly twenty years ago. Just um, you know, absolutely incredible. And yeah, I meant every single word I said, particularly at the end there uh, of of my thoughts on Katie. And look again, people 
think I'm a suck up, people this, whatever, say what you will, but I, I speak genuinely from the heart and if I admire someone and I want to speak that way, I'm going to because I meant every single goddamn word. Oh, no, I got no doubt, Ben, that uh, you meant every word. And you're right, like eight months pregnant and and, and still willing to come on and, and talk to us and get her side of uh, the story with how she played and, and all the time on the show, it's um, – yeah, it's incredible, and just it's 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 fantastic to hear a story even now, like all these years later, and and getting pregnant. It's just yeah, you know, I wish her nothing but the best, and I really hope that. I, well, I, and I know that she's going to succeed in this part of her life. Of course, we have teased our few episodes coming up in our last episode. You know, hearing this episode, it's sort of not a week break in between them as usual. We're kind of bringing these ones out a little bit quicker as we cover the three interviews we're doing here sort of to, to close out the last episode recap. Leads us into our next episode, Matt Dyson, a certain Shona Brown. Now, I have never spoken to this woman before in my life. I've never even messaged her. I've not communicated with her in any way. You have. You've spoken to her on the phone a couple of times. You've kind of shared the story, I think, a little bit about how you tracked her down and got her on. And this is maybe the the most you had to work to get someone on the show. I, I, I don't know if you kind of want to go into a bit of a quick story about the initial contact you had with Shona and kind of talking her to come in because this wasn't just a simple case of, hey, do you want to come on the show? Sure. Shona is someone who you had to kind of work to get on the show and I'm I'm so excited. I'm, I'm nervous. I said the other week I didn't want to admit that I'm scared, but I'm going to say it, I'm scared. I've got all the emotions bottling up inside of me right now ahead of talking to Shona, but I, I for one, know it's going to be one hell of an interview and I, I can't wait. For the first five minutes of the conversation, uh, you know, I, I was ready for her to say no, that she wasn't going to come on. But, uh, you know, all credit to, to Shona. She did her research. She she listened uh, to our very first podcast that we ever did because um, it was, you know, it was a few months ago now that I actually uh, did have that conversation with her. And, um, yeah, and all credit to her. She, she did her research and, and she got back to me and said, you know what, like I love what you guys are doing. Um, you're really documenting this season and, um and, and and it was from that that uh, she decided that um, she wanted to come on the show and 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 help us you know finish off what, what what we're trying to do on this podcast, which is document the entire history of this show. So, look, Shana's an incredible woman, you know, and uh, it's it's what an, it, I know already is going to be a fantastic interview, and uh, you know it's it's going to be amazing. Ben, you're going to love it. Which you mentioned before about how Katie, you know, didn't really hold back in this interview and maybe was the most honest and open of anyone this season. I, I feel that that title of that, what we've just said, is not going to last very long. I feel that Shona is going to uh, overtake that one and, and yeah, it's going to be an intriguing chat because I, I will say that a couple of years ago when I tracked down a few of these guys for, for the Oz Network, Shona was one I definitely did look for because she was one thinking like, wow, okay, she actually would be pretty good to, to get on after all these years and had absolutely any no luck in finding anything to do with us. So you're a bloodhound, my friend, and you got her. And, uh, yeah, this is a couple of days away now from uh, having her on the show and talking to her. And you're right about the intriguing part because no one's ever heard Shona talk about her time on the show. Um, so. So that's the big thing. Like she lasted the entire game. So to be able to hear from her, someone that has never spoken about the game, someone that was very close with Rob, who unfortunately we can't talk to, um, that in itself is going to be 
and make for an amazing interview. And you're right. And it's kind of maybe going to be the most complete picture of Whaler's Way coming from Shona because she's the only one who's alive to this day who lasted 39 days and got to the end. We're obviously going to be talking to Rob's brother, Pete, in a couple of days as well, but that's more of a tribute episode to Rob. We, we sadly can't ever get that perspective of Rob from how he played. So this will be the closest we can get to to that. And you're right, no one's really ever heard from Shona talking about Australian Survivor. I, from the media articles that I've seen coming out out of the game afterwards, I've not really seen anything with Shona and... You know, Katie mentioned that she had a few opportunities pop up. We've had talk from other players that they had a few opportunities pop up here and there. Shona's name never really gets brought up in any of that. So it's going to be a fascinating chat. It really, really will be. So uh, I I definitely think that you won't want to miss it. And this is a hard thing for me to kind of say this now because, again, we, we haven't actually recorded this interview at the time of recording this. This is all very fresh. She could come on and we could piss her off in five minutes and she could hang up and then that's it. I don't know. I hope that doesn't show. No, don't. If you listen to this beforehand, I'm not saying do that. I Like, I want you on the, the line for hours upon hours. But who knows? Who knows? Please. Please, Ben, don't piss off Shona Brown. It, no. I don't want her hanging up after five. Look, I'm sure she's not. Like, she, she told me on the phone that she she hasn't spoken about it for 18 years and that uh, that she is, you know, wanting to, to talk about it now. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, and that's what we want. This is what the show, this is what this podcast is about, Ben. Like, you know, we want to document history. This is why we spend all this time in front of the mic. And uh, what better way to document the history than than having Shona who lasted the entire game? I've been doing this for 16 years and I've never had anyone hang up on me and I don't want the first person to be Shona Brown, okay? Uh, <laughs> if it's a few of the Channel 10 contestants in a few years' time, I I won't really lose much sleep over it, but I would lose a lot of sleep if Shona Brown hung up on me. I, I, I definitely would. If I got Ian Dicko Dixon to hang up on me, uh, it wouldn't even bother me. But Shona Brown, it would bother me. What about if you, when it comes to the part where you interview me for my boot off, what if, if I hang up on you? Will you be disappointed Are you trying to or test me, Matt Dyson? <laughs> I can really <laughs> ask some questions. Like I, I feel I get under your skin a little bit by being a bit of a dick to you, but like I, I can really open up a can if you're challenging me and you're a cop. You, you put up with crap every day. Ben, if you think I'm silly enough not to know that you're already baiting me, even though you know that interview isn't for about another three or four years, I know that you're already baiting me and trying to get reactions. I'm not that silly, Ben. You, you've, you know, you've, you've faced some crap in your life and your profession. I've got a couple of years to to get better at interviewing. You know, you think after 16 years I would get the art right, but, you know, I'm still working on it. Thanks so much to Katie. Such a pleasure to chat with her. And for everyone who's tuned in today, thank you so much for tuning in. As we said, Shona Brown, next interview. If you missed any of our other interviews or other episodes, of course, they are still readily available online. You can hit us up on the social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us. I'd never tag the email address, but you please do contact us. Say hello. Archives at hotmail.com. Any specific requests that you might have in terms of those episodes, if you can't find any and you need some help tracking them down, we're happy to assist there and also think up some questions because we have teased this but our final final episode of season one when we wrap everything up talk about all our interviews surviving survivor and everything and look ahead to season two we will be kind of opening up to you the questions we will we will request you to send us in some thoughts even if it's just some feedback but if you've got anything specific that maybe 
you've been listening to us for you know nearly 30 episodes and we haven't covered any pressing questions you want our opinions on or anything along those lines get them in now we'll, we'll put them on a piece of paper and, and reserve them ready to go because just like katie we won't hold back you ask us a question we'll answer it honestly you want our opinion on what we really think of lincoln we'll tell you you really want our opinion on the color of lucinda's shoes in the first episode we will tell you if you really want my opinion on how much matt dyson sucks as a survivor player i'll tell you so just just bring it on we will we will answer that for you as well and on all those social media channels remember if we do get to a thousand likes follows on any of them mr dyson will show us a video with him with hair in 2001 which i am really wanting to see but a big thanks to katie again thanks to everyone my name is ben and one of these days i will get katie gold to abuse me my name's been matt dyson and i can't believe ben the bear's gone rip ben the bear (laughs) 